0: and welcome to The 42 Cast, your ultimate answer to fandom, geekiness, and everything. As always, I am your host, Nathan, and once again, we have an episode talking about a season of television, and this time we're going to cover The Flash. But before we get down to it, I have to mention that on the day that we recorded this, Eric Ratcliffe, uh, who was one of our guests, was having a lot of trouble with getting his microphone to sound correctly. So basically, Eric's microphone was blasting through our earphones and was very loud. I've taken it down, but you can definitely tell whenever he speaks that (laughs) there's not a lot of quality to his voice because there was clipping in the sound. It probably doesn't mean much to anyone who hasn't done any kind of sound editing, but basically his voice sounds kind of like a speaker that's been turned all the way up even though the volume isn't all that loud anymore so i just want to warn everybody about that uh when eric speaks uh, the quality is a little poor but i wanted him to contribute to this episode because he told me that the flash was the the season that he really wanted to talk about out of all the superhero shows last year so i wanted to have him on to talk about that But that's it for now, so without further ado, let's return to the episode in progress. And as I mentioned, our first guest is a man that really loves comics. He's the guy that introduced me to Turbo Kid. And if you give him half a chance, he'll talk about that time that Thanos slept on his couch. And, of course, I mean my friend Eric Ratcliffe. How are you doing,
1: Eric? Time. He's still there. He won't leave. (laughs) Why don't you kick him out? Yeah, okay, because you've tried to talk a mad god of titan into leaving your couch
0: huh? well he lets you borrow the infinity gauntlet though right
1: um yeah but borrow we'll we'll go with that
0: (laughs) that's still one of my favorite things is that picture you have of you (laughs) with uh with the infinity gauntlet yeah that's
1: that's one of my favorite
0: things that george has drawn (laughs) it just looks so perfect especially like with the triumph on your (laughs) face
1: it's eye-catching on my banner for conventions. so it seems to do
0: its job (laughs) So, uh anything new and exciting happened since the last time you were on the show?
1: Not too much. Still trying to get everything back on track and work and at a convention. Only made fifteen bucks, but still fun. Yeah,
0: no, that's that's cool. So do you sell the uh a print version of your of your webcomic?
1: Uh just volume three right now. I gotta work on getting volume two and then reprinting volume one, some point soon. And then we have a minion a minion enamel pin which i would sell, say sells pretty well but it's i about six or seven of them so okay cool what's your next con that you're going to that is a question i don't know i think i'm skipping boston this year so i think probably not until granite con in september
0: all right cool deal well yeah i mean if you ever uh want me to pimp a con that you're coming at uh you're going to be on just uh let me and uh, i can certainly do that are you kidding me i'd love to do stuff out of your way but one of these days <laughs> yeah yeah no that'd be cool Uh, that'd be cool uh it's always cool when people come out this way because there's not much out here it's freezing cold nobody wants to be here (laughs) (laughs) but uh it's good to have you back eric it is
1: good to be back my friend all
0: right next up is a man who enjoys being wrong the way the rest of us like to breathe he may not have originated trolling but he's made up for that with sheer volume he is the man that you love to hate my nemesis mr ryan guthrie how are you doing? Well,
2: I, I'm as ever. Just the flattery that I receive on this show just it, it really warms me. You know, I think uh, you, you like it that I call it like it well, is. <laughs> you know, on on you calling it as it is, I, I will have to say just to, to skip ahead to what you're asking me if I've done anything recently. I've been um, putzing around this afternoon. Re- redoing that sci- very scientific graph of DC movies, <laughs> but using actual data, critic data from IMDb <laughs> and Rotten Tomatoes and so forth. And we were wrong about that trend. Uh, the trend is significantly okay. down. I'm, I'm about to run some linear regression on this crap, uh, but yes. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so we were both wrong oh, that so, one. <laughs>
0: oh, okay, so what is the actual, true, most popular DC movie? Though
2: no, we were right. One of the most popular one, but we're wrong. Oh, okay. um, being better than the the previous one with the exception of wonder woman which is c- so far an outlier uh each one is worse <laughs> than the other <laughs> really yeah
0: according really, to people didn't like suicide squad I-, I i enjoyed suicide squad more than uh bvs oh, yeah, okay. I'm-,
2: I'm checking out six print critics sources and all of them rank Suicide, including just audience ratings and the rank suicide squad Ooh. worse than batman vs superman which is rated worse than man of steel interesting yeah
0: Okay. Yeah. No. I'll be. I'll be. I'll try to see that when you when you have it. it it's nice to have some actual data. <laughs> Not that it changes my opinion any, but you know, it'd just be neat to see. You know. <laughs> but uh, oh, cool, cool. Yeah.
2: Anything else uh, happened since the last time you've been? On? Yeah, I've seen Spider Man twice.
0: So you know. Oh,
2: okay. <laughs> so uh, I
0: assume that means that you liked it.
2: Yes, it. Uh, it. W- I enjoyed it very much, and I won't say anything more because of uh, certain people in this podcast won't name names. Nathan haven't seen it yet. <laughs> um, I haven't seen it yet. Either. Uh, you people. Oh. <laughs> oh <no. laughs> See it when you can. You'll
0: love it. I know. Okay. <laughs> yeah, no, I I think it'll be great, but yeah, just uh, I can't always see things opening weekend, so I know. <laughs> just is what it is, but if if I'm not fully excited by it by it though, Brian, I'm gonna blame you for hyping it too much.
2: Yeah, don't worry, you'll rank it as far as superhero <laughs> movies of this year go, because uh, it seems like all the superhero movies have been just great. You know, Logan, Guardians of the Galaxy, uh, uh, Wonder Woman, and now this, but um, it, it's it's a contender, definitely. Oh, good, good.
0: I look forward to it. But, of course, kid, uh, I, I am glad that you're back on, Ryan. So uh,
2: I keep showing up for the punishment, you know? That's
0: right. <laughs> oh, now, if you could only be right about Pluto for once, then, you know, it would just be be perfect.
2: I'm going to mute my mic on that one. You know? Okay. Okay. <laughs>
0: <sighs> All right, but <laughs> All right, good to have you back. Thank you. So finally, the man who is famous for his wonderfully crafted pixel bits. He's a podcaster extraordinaire and avid gamer. And if you give him half a chance, he'll meet you at the tavern to talk to you about role-playing games. He is the world's foremost Flash fan and my friend, Mr. Sean Rosado. How are you doing, Sean? Uh, pretty
3: good. Uh, sitting here, actually looking at some of my work that uh, I have to get out for custom orders. So <laughs> I've just been sitting here very quietly working on sprites and and pixels for people who uh, i've met at conventions Um, but yeah having a good time doing good doing very well
0: good uh since this is your first time on why don't you tell people a little bit about yourself
3: Okay. A little bit about me. My name is Sean Rosado. I have uh, a long time podcast that just wrapped up in the last couple of weeks called Sean Cat, where essentially we talked about anything that was on my mind. Um, we did a lot of fun stuff with that. From those podcasts, we did uh, a calendar, which became the most uh, backed calendar in the of Kickstarter until very recently. We also started a company called Pop Cycle Bobbles where we basically created um, jewelry for people made from real comics and magazines which has expanded outwards. But to be fair that kind of happened at the same time as we were doing other stuff, but there's a bit of synchronicity. Uh, And uh, I am a lifelong geek, uh, raised in a house of of people who love things like Star Trek and Star Wars and genre and they always encouraged me to follow things that uh, I was interested in. So uh, that's the the, the quick and the skinny, but the the most recent thing that's been going on is I decided to shut down Sean because I realized I'd been putting a lot of energy into reviewing other people's creative content and I was running out of time to work on my own creative content so I decided to put my ideas at the forefront and I've been working very quietly on some stuff with some people to see what I can get off the ground um, and it's looking pretty cool so uh, nothing really you know specific to say about that yet but definitely some stuff in the works and hope i will be able to talk about it more soon all right cool
0: and mm-hmm. uh, just so people know I have known Sean since I was 18 so yes. uh, we go back a long way so it's good to have you on the podcast sean
3: yeah no worries i'm glad to be
0: here all right excellent so before we dive into the proper those of you who have been on before know it's time for five questions and sean just so you know what five questions is Usually it's five random questions, but with these reviews of TV seasons, I've been targeting them to the show. Uh, So what it is, it's just a way for us to loosen up ahead of time. Uh, We just uh, I ask these five questions, everybody just weighs in one way or the other on them, and it's just a way to you know have a little bit of fun and to just let people know where we stand on a couple things. All right, so first question: HR
3: or Harry? Harry. 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 (laughs) Seriously? Oh. No, I'm not playing Sophie's Choice. Uh huh. That's no. no. No, 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 no. We don't play that game here. I mean, okay. First off, that that's just wrong. That is wrong. To, that is the that is the wrong first question to ask, right? I mean, really? Yes. You can't. No. Okay. Look. Oh. Okay. You know what? I want to say Harry because he's the one who's still alive. <laughs> okay. That, 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 that's- that's the only way I can do it, you know? It's like, it's- since he's the one who's still alive, I'm gonna go with Harry.
2: Whereas I picked him because he was, you know, the better choice. <laughs>
3: <laughs> oh, oh,
2: oh, 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 see, I
0: love HR. I adore him. It took a while, but yeah, I like HR. <laughs> I get into it later then, so, okay. Uh. <laughs> Alright. Second question. Team Flash or Team Arrow? Ooh.
2: Okay. Uh, uh Team Arrow. Team Arrow. If I had to pick one to be a part of, I would pick Team Arrow. <laughs> Team Flash all day long, twice on Sunday.
3: Look who you're talking to, <laughs> Team Flash. Team yeah, Flash. I'm,
1: I'm really on with this one, Team Flash. Completely. I mean, you have to deal with Iris, but at the same time, you uh, you get Caitlyn, you have Joe, you have Harry, HR, you have Cisco when he's not being a little punk. Uh, it's just, and then over on Team Arrow, you have Felicity. Shut
2: up. Anyways, hi, how's it
1: going? I remember when I loved that character for the first two seasons. And then she went full, uh, anyways.
2: But on Team team Arrow, the worst that can possibly happen to you is death. On Team Flash, the worst (laughs) that can happen to you is Barry decides to (laughs) save you. You know, (laughs)
0: Oh, man. No, I think on this one, though, even though I do love me some Batman with bow and arrows, uh, I think I'm going to go with Team Flash just because I love the science, so... Well,
2: <laughs> and you went to Team Flash? The, the,
0: the, met, the metaphysical science. Yeah. <laughs> All right, third question. Iris or Patty?
3: Iris. Um, I'm... uh oh, Patty. Patty. Yeah, I, yeah Patty.
0: <laughs> oh. I, I, uh, I love Patty. Patty's awesome. I adore Patty as well.
3: Look, I mean, there, there's a very, very specific reason why I chose Patty over Iris. Iris, as she's depicted in the book, has always been a pretty engaging uh, foil for Barry. And unfortunately, it took them a long time to get Candace Patton into that role with him and by that point in time i kind of grown to dislike her and she has to work extra hard just for us to be okay with her whereas Patty three seconds on screen it was like okay that's where the relationship's supposed to be so it, it, yeah. it's kind of like the same thing with Ollie and Felicity you know we know that Ollie's supposed to be with whoever Black Canary is whatever freaking sideways universe <laughs> backslash whatever f- but you know, as soon as they have Felicity, boom! Oh, well, that's clearly where the chemistry is at, and that's what Patty was. Patty was instant chemistry. Yeah, I,
0: uh, I feel like they even still struggle with it because there was that episode this season where Iris and Barry couldn't have a date without him being Flash. And I was like, "Ooh, that just strikes me. That just strikes me somewhere really bad. That it's like she only likes him because he's the Flash." And uh, I just, I just had to grit my teeth at that. So mm-hmm. things have been better since then, but I just, well, I still have issues with
2: Iris. Yeah, my biggest problem with the Iris is just the fact that yeah she's there's kind of some weird incestuousness there <laughs> but uh I, if you had gone linda if you'd seen linda, the the tv version linda in there mm. i would have chosen her mm. cause i felt there was real chemistry between barry and and that actress yeah the thing about patty was i mean she was like you know a triple major overachiever and i just uh, i don't honestly i think she'd have had time for barry you know <laughs> she'd been mm. past him you know within a month you,
0: know? <laughs> you bring a good point with linda i just can't swallow down my distaste for the idea of Linda with Barry which I get it has nothing to do with the TV show but it's got to be Linda and Wally which doesn't make sense because of the age difference that they've done now, so it's just, ah! Well,
3: I mean, to be fair, the age difference isn't that much. I mean, they're portraying Wally in his early 20s, and Linda would be in her late 20s at this point. So you're talking about differences, maybe seven years. That's not terrible. Normally, it's Oh, I th- thought Wally
0: just went to college. I thought he was 18.
3: Well, yeah, but I mean, they, they've been fudging it, you know, like, he it's like he's 20, 21 now. Like, they're, they're fudging that he's just drinking age. So and I would say Linda's probably about 28, maybe 29, ballpark. Yeah, um, that's probably it. So yeah. Yeah, again, normally it's the <laughs> and normally the guy's 28 or something and he finds a 21-year-old, not the other way around. But I, I still think it could work, I mean, but and? yeah, but at the end Wally and Linda is Wally and Linda, damn it. So, but right. Uh, uh, <laughs> and uh, if, you listen, if you ever listen to my show, you know, me and but me Wally and Linda, it's like mm-mm, but that's that 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 is <laughs> sacraments right there, okay? Like we don't mess with that.
1: and unlike another person on the show uh,
3: Linda could actually do her job (laughs) yeah Yeah. seriously when's the
1: last virus work
3: I think they did in episode 21 for like a second and then like
2: she got sad about dying again I don't know (laughs) (laughs) well the least she could do is write her own obit that would be hilarious (laughs) (laughs) I kept waiting for that Uh. (laughs) (laughs)
0: alright fourth question Leonard Snart, dead is forever, or we need the leader of the (laughs) rogues.
2: Damn it, you're just trying to make me be the outlier on all these (laughs) (laughs) questions. I'm not.
0: Although I knew which way you would go on this one. Dead is
3: forever
2: and ever and ever.
3: (laughs) (laughs) As much as I want Leonard Snart to come back, I think there's a lot of interesting story potential by leaving him dead, and also we have a lot of dead isn't dead in the DC, uh, uh, the as I like to call it DC CW, and I wish we would have a little bit more death as a more permanent here. So even though I love Snart and I want him back. So hard I think that dead is dead is actually the better approach but I also think it's a freaking Greek tragedy that they killed him off so freaking soon
1: that second the second to last episode of these they left him alone for just a little too long I'm yeah. saying I'm just saying something could be mm-hmm. up there mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> yep. especially when he quotes the line right before he dies yeah. He claims the back line from, from his death scene. Something is up there. That's all I'm saying.
0: Although, usually, I am a dead is dead person and uh, want them to keep people dead who are dead, Snart is one I would make an exception for because. I mean, it was like the best episode this season when Snart showed up, and it reminded me of why he is such a great character, Uh and, you know, I want more of that. And, yeah, we could do more time travel shenanigans and whatnot, but, uh, I mean, if we're going to do it, I say just do it one more time, have Barry or whoever rescue him just a point second before the explosion would have atomized him. They just grab him and run with him, and then change anything from Legends of Tomorrow... Everything still happens the way it happened, but he's saved. That's... It would be so simple to do. I think it's really just Wentworth Miller, for whatever reason, doesn't want to be hide down anymore and likes just doing the odd appearance here and there, and so,
3: I don't know. Yeah, he has another series now. You have to remember that they... Dr- CW dragged their feet, drugged their feet, I forget the proper term right now, but basically they took too long deciding whether they wanted to make him a series regular or not, and by the time they did, Breaking Bad had... Ar- not Breaking Bad, sorry, um, Prison Break had already decided to come back because of the popularity of him and um, Dominic Purcell and their characters on Legends of Tomorrow slash Flash, so... Basically, Fox saw, oh, my God, these guys are superstars, and they're, they're, they're stars back on the rise, and they pulled them back in. And the guys went where the money was at. Dominic Purcell, unfortunately, has a contract already as far as Legends of Tomorrow goes, so he's locked into doing both shows. Whereas um, Wentworth has the flexibility to go wherever the hell he wants to, which is awesome for him. And it should teach CW mm-hmm. a lesson. When you have a character that's getting you know that kind of
2: response from people, uh, lock that person in. I, I will amend my feelings regarding Snart to say that I, I don't I kind of enjoyed a Hero Snart, but just as a villain, he j- it just never came across for me. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, not to get
3: too far into the weeds, but I mean, the best thing about Captain Cold, and I mean Nathan's heard me talk about this at length. You know, when we have our private comic mm-hmm. conversations, is that you know the majority of the main rogues, the, the what I like to consider the classic rogues gallery. They're not necessarily the most evil guys in the world. They're working Joes who happen to specialize in crime. Now, does that mean that Snark doesn't kill people? No, he kills people. Does that mean that, you know, he won't step on your neck in order to get to the job? Absolutely, but there is something about the character and how he's written where he doesn't come over as overtly evil, which looks like an oxymoron, but they they write it really well. And Nathan's writing up the comics now where you've been able to do that and, and i think you even have the added benefit of having wentworth miller's voice in your head now when you read those books right so yeah
2: yes i, I always read sn- uh, snart as wentworth miller's right, right. Snart, and that's just it's i have no my problem such as it is isn't with the character you know i get the the honorable villain uh it's, it's not exactly a new idea honestly it's wentworth miller i like the actor i like them like I said, as a, kind of a quasi-hero, but it just felt like playing the villain that he just... He kind of... He played it almost as a joke. I just never got the sense that he was taking it seriously. But then that's just, you know, mileage may Well,
0: yeah, he has that weird stylized way of talking that, where he's talking like well, Super this, slow. And, and it...
2: Yeah, <laughs>
0: right. And, and and I guess you could interpret that as him not taking it seriously, but I just took it as just an idiosyncratic way that Snart. And, and
3: let's also remember that the fact that Captain Cole does consider what they do with the Flash a game, so he's not taking it super mm. seriously. You know, he is in the fact that he doesn't want to get caught, but it is a game. In fact, there's a moment in the Jeff Johns run of the Flash where basically he breaks the rules, and Snart kills some of the rogues because he's like, "You broke the rules of the game." And he does not mm. cubby that at all. Like if you break the rules of the game, he takes it as a personal front because he's the one who got the rogues together. So it can go both ways. You know, I mean it is a game to him. So he doesn't take it super seriously. But there is a line. If you cross that line Get stark, and I wish we'd see that, but I, I could definitely see both arguments
0: on that. Uh, right, I mean, and we even started getting that in the first season where he and Barry started setting ground rules mm-hmm. for each other. And, you know, I would have liked to have seen more develop from that. I mean, we even saw where he was getting favors from some of the other metahumans and stuff, so it would have been nice to see that grow instead of. Moving him on to Legends, which I get, you know, they they were trying to develop Legends, a popular character, and everything, but I I, I feel like I I would have liked to have seen Snart continue in Central City.
2: I I, I almost feel like, again, we're like so going, you know, down. down rabbit hole. But I kind of feel like
1: <laughs>
2: in a sense that redeeming Snart, making him a, a good guy at that point, was the really the only way to justify the devil's deal that he and Barry made. I mean, it was basically, correct me if I'm wrong, but the deal was Snart wouldn't reveal Barry's identity, and Barry wouldn't Snart so long as he didn't kill. So, what if, like, can Snart break legs? Can Snart, I mean, how far can, can he put someone in a coma? Is that okay? I mean, it, it, that's... Well, no, 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 no. Barry didn't say he wouldn't go after
0: him, but he said uh, oh crap what was the exact thing
3: I mean he, you're pretty close I, I, I mean you're pretty close to what it, the agreement was on the TV show it was basically don't kill and I'll give you a fighting chance which yeah, yeah it's it's, right. it's a little yeah the, the way they made him in the TV show he's much more of a Han Solo character than he is in the book and, and that's okay because <laughs> it worked. Yeah, it as a good guy <laughs> Yeah, as a good guy yeah it totally worked so.
0: <laughs>
3: alright All right, so let's move on to the last question
2: Grod Solar. <laughs> <laughs> <I'm> sorry, <laughs> damn it! Like, yeah, at this one we want there might be um, some unity. Because if anyone here doesn't answer Grod, then I'm gonna have to question, you know, everything I know about you. So yeah,
1: Grod. And Solar is also Keith David, so I'm sorry, I have to go with Solar. <laughs> All right.
0: Yeah, yeah, the Keith David factor is strong. <laughs> I'm going with Solovar because as soon as I heard that, voice, I was like, I am Team Solovar
1: like so
3: hard that's, that's what I
1: was looking up I had to look up who the voice actor was
3: you know what I can respect that I can I can respect being a good a, a fan I cannot st- I, no Grodd I'm sorry but Nathan knows why I say Grodd because Grodd is my all time favorite rogue he I knew that my
1: rogue, but mm. he's
3: my all time favorite like flash villain so it's like even asking me that question is just wrong because you know my response is immediately going to be it's not even a question. It's it's Grod, dang it. <laughs> yeah.
0: But uh, yeah, no, I-, I loved having all the apes in the oh, season yeah, totally. of Flash and it was it was amazing and with Keith David involved it was even more amazing. So you know. with their magical blow darts. <laughs> God, don't get me started on Barry's speed. (laughs) He can dodge a bullet, but not a blow dart. (laughs) He can dodge a bullet when it just barely touches him. He can feel it on the back of his neck and go into super speed. (laughs) yeah (laughs) but anyway all right so that is five questions successfully completed all right so uh (laughs) before we get into the topic let's pause for a moment to listen to this promo from another fine podcast
3: Hello, podcast fans. My name is Chris Jones, and I'm here to tell you about the Nerd Bliss podcast. Now, of all the geek-oriented podcasts out there, we are definitely one of them. Yes, we talk about Star Trek and Star Wars and cosplay and Marvel and DC and the usual. But as geeks, we embrace anyone with very specialized knowledge, like triathletes or improv comedians or musicians. So we try to bring them in and let them share their geekiness with you to help broaden some horizons and maybe you'll learn something maybe we'll learn something you can find our entire catalog at nerdblisspodcast.com on itunes stitcher TuneIn, google play music player fm and we are now proud to be a part of the eso network once again we are the nerd bliss podcast thank you and pod bliss
0: My name is Barry Allen, and I am the fastest man alive. To the outside world, I'm an ordinary forensic scientist, but secretly, with the help of my friends at Star Labs, I fight crime and find other metahumans like me. After defeating Zoom and saving the multiverse, I ran back in time and created the alternate timeline Flashpoint. I restored the timeline to how it was, only to find things weren't as I left them. I brought new threats to our world, and I'm the only one fast enough to stop them. I am The Flash. And we're back. So, uh, we're here today to talk about the third season of The Flash. And Ryan and I had talked a little bit about the first half of this season, third episode um, of uh, the 42 cast. And uh, one of the things that we talked about was about Caitlin's transition into Killer Frost and how we felt like it needed a little more explanation. So, I'm kind of curious, Sean, with with the whole transition, from caitlin to killer frost and how they went with her character mm-hmm. in this season how did you feel about that whole process
3: one of the things i thought was interesting about the Caitlyn moving over is they started to establish the fact that let, let me back up for a second in my brain sorry there is this really interesting precedent up at this point where basically superpowers amplify who you already are. So most people who get a superpower, they either they become kind of more twisted and despotic or they become kind of more pure and awesome or they're just more whimsical. At least that's how the metahuman kind of vibe has gone so far in The Flash. And we haven't seen someone who's really a decent character or a decent person get really twisted up because of their powers. And I thought it was interesting to just premise out the idea that these powers can not only give you fantastic ability but also screw your head in a way that you can't control which makes them a little less desirable because otherwise everybody's going to be jumping into, you know, radioactive spider colonies and, you know, trying to get their powers, you know, because I mean for the most part unless you're a twisted individual, you're going to become a superhero. And I like the mm-hmm. fact that Caitlin shows the fact that just because you're a decent person doesn't mean that you're going to become a decent hero you can have the potential to go dark through no fault of your own. There, there can be this brain chemistry shift. At least that's how I read what they were trying to do. The writer in me also sees that they realize they almost have the rogues on screen, and they need a Captain Cold character. And they have written Wentworth Miller into this weird time paradox loop where they can't save him. And a need Cold character. So what better way of doing that and creating the antagonism and the knowing of all their secrets and the ability to maybe she doesn't really want to kill, but still want to just mess people up and making Killer Frost into essentially the new Captain Cold. And I really think that's what they were trying to start to skew towards. And uh, whether they actually land that or not, I don't know. But I would kind of love to see that happen. But with the explanation of the powers corrupting her, it'll always seem like, well, this is a secondary personality. And I I really Mm. think that for people to have bought into it a little bit more, they should have taken the time to show why Caitlyn was mad. I mean, really, they just basically she was just having a bad day. I mean, it's what made her twist over. And it was like, <laughs> seriously? Like, a bad day? Like, she, she was just having a moment? It's like, we all have had a moment. Like, we don't go freaking crazy. And I, I wish they would have really sunk in the material. Uh, but at the same time, Team Flash is a very understanding organization. So you can't really say Team Flash isn't giving her every chance to, to figure herself out. Because they did. They are. They would. So it's hard to say these people hate you and you're going to generate this this hate for your best friends when they're basically being awesome people. So I, I, I get both sides yeah. of it. Yeah,
0: I, I felt like they kind of dropped the ball because I felt like they could have tied it in better mm-hmm. with Flashpoint having her be mad that Barry messed with oh, yeah. time and, and it mm-hmm, made mm-hmm. her this way that they could. I mean, I, I get that they've kind of made Flashpoint the driving point for almost all conflict this season so in some ways I can see why they might have felt well that's just another thing and maybe we should do something else but at the same time they kind of just they didn't explain it and and, and to your point exactly I mean I think that if they had just given us a little more for the psychology behind what was going on with Caitlyn and why it was making her so angry to have these powers even if they had just been like her brain chemistry is changing that I mean, even that would have been something, but there was no explanation at all. Yeah, I mean, honestly,
3: giving us a, a word, just just giving us lip service a little bit. Sometimes you need a piece of throwaway dialogue that gives you that paper thin excuse. I mean, come on, I, they literally mm. found a way to give Ollie a boxing arrow glove. Uh, you know, I mean, come on, <laughs> it was stupid, but it worked. And you know what? Nobody questioned it. They loved that they were able to find a way to sneak that in there. If you play with a boxing glove arrow, you can get away with making you know Caitlin have weird braiding
2: chemistry. Yeah. I think yeah. we may have discussed that uh in the in the previous show, Nathan. But yeah, that was kind of always mm. my working theory. I, I never took it as a the meta abilities amplified who you are were so much as they quite possibly changed you. It makes much more sense that most of the metas we've met are villainous if the particle accelerator also screwed up your brain a little bit uh, with being one of the few possible maybe the, well you can even make the argument that the speed force is maybe protecting uh, mm. his brain or something like that. or healing his brain would be probably more accurate. So, yeah, if you want to go like a, a full scientific route, which I think they could have asp- explored, especially with Caitlin being the doctor, that would have to go. She discovers that, hey, these meta abilities are also corrupting their brains. And it would have, like, like we've said, it would have been a lot more plausible. It would have made a lot more sense than just, I've got powers, therefore I must be bad. You know, that that, that she is taking, with, again, the, I guess the exception being Cisco. Yeah, the cynic in me, it may, it, you know,
0: I, I love Sean's explanation for why they might be doing, the writers might be doing this because that gives a plausible thought process because the cynic in me is thinking there's a contract negotiation cup and they're basically telling her we can write you out of this show if you don't play (laughs) ball so we're gonna put you in this place where at the end of the season i don't know (laughs) you you could be out
2: there's uh, just a whole gender dynamic on the show i don't see them replacing her with julian permanently yeah no way. There's no way that'll happen. No.
3: Right. I, I don't see it. I could see them making her a, a series regular villain similar to how they did Spike with Angel. You know, when they brought him over, he was basically mm-hmm. like a, a foil episode for the main character, but... I can't see them writing her out, at least not with any degree of success. I think that if they started getting rid of that core group, and and that core group is basically whomever Kavanaugh is playing, whatever version of Harrison Wells yes. we're getting this year, <laughs> right? you know, Cisco, Barry, Caitlin, and then maybe Iris if we're having a good day. You know, like, but yeah. actually, screw that. Mm. Throw Iris to the side because Iris, I, I could take her or, 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 or leave the other day, Joe. I mean, but even Joe, I could see him yeah. becoming a sacrificial lamb as the, you know, father eventually. figure who eventually has to go. Yeah,
0: I I, I thought for sure uh-huh. that was the season. I, I expect expected the hologram technology to come back up, but I thought oh. it was Joe who was. You yeah. can't this kill place. all of
2: Barry's fathers one year after another. You
3: know, <laughs> <laughs> you know what I say to that, Ryan?
2: It says you. Okay, that's like
3: a challenge that you're going down right there. Like, oh, they can't. We, you
1: know?
0: <laughs> oh, they but they killed Henry, but they gave us Jay Garrick back. So you know, it's kind of like we got another dad. <laughs> but to but go you know for. what? Now John
3: Wesley Ship gets to be the Flash again. So honestly it's a win in my book you know
2: it's (laughs) i will tell you this much if they did kill joe joe is the one character that i would be like you better go back in time and try and fix that crap right now
0: (laughs) 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 no i i completely agree and then the thing is since the first episode i've been saying oh god joe's gonna die you know, uh-huh. and I've been waiting three seasons for them to kill off Joe because I'm like he's super likable, he's the mentor figure. You know, this is the classic hero story, right? Where the mentor has to die. You know, and because uh, uh, because even though they killed Barry's dad, your Barry's dad wasn't ever really a strong mentor for him. He he gave a few pieces of advice, but Joe's the one who's been, you know, the the, the the father figure in his life, you know, and so I've been worried about Joe, and I'm amazed that he's made it this far.
3: Honestly, I think they just realize who they have in an actor there, and they know that Joe is so likable. He's a cornerstone to that dynamic. Even though I think that they criminally mm. underused Jeff this year, I, I think that there was a lot of really yes. cool potential that they could have done with him, and they decided to focus more mm-hmm. on the Barry turmoil, which um, I'm assuming you'll get get—you'll have a question or a tee-up for me on that. Um,
0: sure, yeah, yeah, yeah. I know. I wanted to hold that for a little yeah, bit. Yeah, because
3: – but um, I, they really could have done more with Joe, I think, this season, um, even though – it, it, Joe took a back seat. I am really happy that we had more with Danielle Panabaker, um, even though I'm yeah. a little if killer frost They finally gave her something to do this year, mm-hmm. which I thought was really cool. Um, yeah. And they really worked hard on getting you to like Iris this year. I thought Candice... I thought the, the female leads really got a chance to stand out this year, to varying degrees of success. And at the end of the season, I like both of them more as characters, um, even though I've always liked Caitlin Snow. Um, but I... I wish that it was a little bit more even, um, the distribution of time given to people. So they're still working that that dynamic out, but at least they're trying.
0: What I think this show does amazingly well is when they just say, we're going to do a comic book. And so suddenly you have Killer Frost doing mm-hmm. ice slides. <laughs> you know, uh, that episode I was just like, yes! Because, you know, that was like a scene in right. a comic book with uh, Barry chasing her while she was, you know, just sliding mm-hmm. all over the place and everything. I love that yeah. you know, ditto for when we had the three flashes running around oh. in the woods. You know that was uh that was an amazing scene visually, and I love it when they're just like, we're just going to take a comic panel in life. You know, for
1: everything with Grobs Army, <laughs>
0: yeah,
3: basically. Yeah,
0: absolutely. Right?
1: <laughs> yes. Oh God, that gladiator fight. Love that. <laughs> can you imagine? I mean, the lengths of a TV budget, obviously, but can you imagine what? Thor Ragnarok is going to look like with the gladiator fights <laughs> oh yeah true true but yeah I
0: mean I, I was pretty impressed with what they were yep. able to do show budget you know that would that looked a lot better than I would have thought it was if I had known that was coming
3: yeah the only time you had to really squint was when you they would cut to Julian or they would ch- cut to Cisco they would start describing what was happening off screen and then cut back <laughs> to the action it's like okay we, right. we, we had 30 seconds that we could not get done have the characters describe it. Okay. Yeah. So you know that sometime on set they just they basically described the entire fight and they just had that waiting if they needed to cut away. <laughs> but I mean with the budget mm-hmm. they had, I, I really feel that they have accomplished a lot on the special effects front. Especially that arena scene where where Barry's fighting Solovar is just it's pretty baller. And I I really do challenge people to tell me what else they could have done to make that more I mean, it was... You, you were looking at a summer blockbuster here on TV, and it was holding up. And that that's a, that's a hard thing to do on a TV budget. Real gorillas. I
2: want yeah. real gorillas.
3: Right. <laughs> okay, there we go. Let's just step in. Yeah. There. there we go. Yeah.
0: They, they need to hire Andy Serkis to do some mocap for them. And, yeah. <laughs> sure. He's not busy
3: right now at all. Yeah,
0: he's not no. busy at all. At <laughs> all. So, uh julian we've mentioned I him already <laughs> okay no that's what i wanted to ask i, I you know because julian you know it was nice that they gave somebody for to have a little bit of friction with at work i felt like the alchemy part was kind of like yeah. really you know did did we have to make him the
2: secret well, like master or savitar one of the two so
0: <laughs>
2: right so now <laughs> that would have been uh... Yeah,
0: but, uh, you know, then, then we found out he was just being controlled and everything. I, I don't know. I, I've never really warmed up to him that much. I, I don't really care. I mean, it's not something like I hate thing, but I just kind of find him kind of bland. Um, it's nice that they were kind of doing the relationship thing with Caitlyn, but I don't know. I, I mean, since it couldn't go far with the whole Killer Frost thing, it didn't really do a whole lot back for me. Season? I don't
1: know. Yet. Yeah, we I haven't heard one way or the yeah. other,
3: but I, I think if you had to pinpoint the the thing that is like a clear indicator of everything that is wrong with Flashpoint in season three, it's Julian. And I don't mean that as the actor, and I don't mean that as the character. I mean... Barry does a thing, mm-hmm. Barry comes back to the present, sees the reaction of the thing that he has changed and all of a sudden we are instantly hate Julian or he's supposed to instantly hate Julian yeah. and then he's supposed to slowly turn over you know, this leaf and the problem is, is that it's basically they just want us to jump into this relationship, they never really give us a basis We don't. Really, we don't even have a flashback of somebody sitting down with Barry and saying, okay, this is what you've missed and have a flashback to like Julian's first day in the office mm-hmm. and how well, Barry runs out to go, you know, stop Captain Cold or something, and he comes back, and Julian's like, where the hell have you been for the last half hour? Nothing, you know? And and that's basically a microcosm of Mm -hmm. everything that really upset me about this year's story of The Flash, which is there are these jumps that they want us to make without giving us the proper tools to get to these decisions. And I think Julian, as much as an interesting foil that he became for Barry, I feel that the lack of credible justifications leading up to that point harmed him to a degree, which is really sad because there's some really interesting dynamics that are built into the fact that Barry is not top dog uh, at the uh, police department, that Barry has to answer to a boss who Mm. clearly does not like him, who eventually finds out who he is and eventually finds a way to work with him, even though Barry is skirting the legal limits of what he can and cannot do. And I really wish they had played that up more instead of playing him up as somebody who fell in love with Caitlin and apparently spent... 30 years trying to find a cure but couldn't do it, but because she was alive and in love, he could do it in, like, two days in the present, which still makes no sense to me. <laughs> yeah.
0: Uh, the only thing I can think is that in that other timeline, Savitar, like, did something where they couldn't cure her, but that's the only thing... Because he said, like, Caitlin, if you work for me, I'll make sure you stay in Killer yeah. forever or something So Yeah, I mean, I agree with you completely. I mean, it's like... They, they gave us Julian as someone to hate already, and then they transitioned him way too quickly to you know hate hey, buddy now and if I, I don't know, I feel like we needed more time with hating Julian before we could go there, especially since he was a character that kind mm-hmm. of emerged fully grown with all the relationships already there.
2: I mostly agree with all that that he was built up for us to hate and then like but. And I guess I just never allowed myself to get too attached to him, just because, considering the the name of the actor, you know, I, I, how big he is, I figured he was a goner. I figured there was no way he he was going to be the one that died in the end. So I just never Man. bothered to get to be that involved with him.
3: You you were waiting for the shoe to drop, so to speak. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, there, there's something to be said for that. I mean, and, you know, I, I think when you look at how they set up this character, one of the things that we have to remember is that TV does not work the same way that movies work. You know, in a movie, you can have an unexpected twist where you don't like somebody, and then they do something to redeem themselves, and then you're okay for the next hour. But in TV, character is king, and it takes time to graduate somebody from being a foil to being a friendly antagonist to being an actual ally, and that normally takes seasons. Ends, not a season. You know? Unless and, you're Barry. Yeah, unless you're Barry. Um, <laughs> that is, again, this microcosm of they were trying to do so much You know, they were trying to stretch out certain story plot lines way too thin. And then other things, they were were trying to cram like three years worth of character development of this character to make him feel like a part of the team. And it just doesn't work. And one thing I will say is that it seemed that as the the season matured, the writers realized what they were doing wrong. And they started really going out of their way to start to fix those issues. And I mean, even Julian became much more likable and much more well written by how wrapped up the season. But once they had already set things in motion you still had to kind of go through, okay, well, he's alchemy. Ooh. You know, I mean, talk about the biggest non-climax ever, right? Just like, oh, that happened. Okay. Uh, I,
0: well, <laughs> yeah. The amazing twist would have been if they add him in and he's yes! actually nobody special. Yeah. He is just this annoying guy from work that Barry has to deal yeah, with. You know, that would honestly, have been great.
3: W- my, my in my secret heart of hearts, I was hoping, even though it was clear that Julian was alchemy, that Sing Somehow like um, how Captain I I wish Captain Singh had Mm. become alchemy. Because that would have been a really interesting, you know, this person who is dedicated to the law, again, same analog as Julian would have been, but is now corrupted by something that Barry has done in the past. I thought that would have been a much more juicier role and would have graduated a character who has been around for three years now, well, two years, and and made him into something a lot more meaty than he had been before and and would have made a really interesting dynamic considering the fact that uh, uh, it may not have had to have been brainwashing. It could have been a conscious choice, but we didn't get that.
1: They did get that fun moment at the beginning of the season where he sees him in the police station. That was that was pretty funny.
3: Yeah, <laughs> yeah.
1: The only thing
0: that would have been less interesting is if it turned out to be Alchemy. Ugh. Yeah, because <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we've never seen a version of Harrison Wells that <laughs> did bad uh, stuff before. <laughs> so can,
1: can we talk about that for a second? Yeah. Am I the only one that pointed in the ball dropping that was way too many hints connected to? hr possibly being abracadabra and then you know turn around and have the actor who shows up who's fantastic but you know he was abracadabra and not hr because there were so many signals and twists and and nods to the possibility of him being abracadabra and then it never happened
3: well i mean abracadabra is one of those characters he has to come from the future not necessarily from parallel dimension so even though hr's world has cool tech that we don't have I don't think that they had established enough of the super high-tech, the, the, that, that weird curve where technology becomes magic trope. And I don't necessarily see that as a bad thing, but I, I never for one second thought that HR was going to turn out like a cadabra. I, I was like, they're going to hold that in their back pocket until they're ready to drop him in. And honestly, I think anything – here's the problem. Anything that you do now with Tom Kavanaugh. He has to play mm-hmm. the character that he's given. He can't be the twist character now. Because you played mm-hmm. that card so well in the first season that you have now screwed yourself out of ever making Tom Cavanaugh the twist character again. You can't. So he's got to be. Well, I, I mean, mean, they did kind of. But, like, seriously. Oh, but he's in a, a clever a story way. T- yeah, he's, he's a bit of a storytelling liar. Okay, yeah. cool. He turns out to be a big bad? No way. Yeah. <laughs> you, you oh. know. He worked with...
0: He worked with Zoom in season two. The Harry did, so I mean they've they've had both the previous versions hey. of Harrison Wells do some, <laughs> some you know, the the, the, so the savory next things.
2: things. What? No, no. no come on, will lie about a parking ticket. So it's just a, a, a trend. <laughs> you, know?
1: you can't blame Harry and be like, oh, Harry worked with Harry worked with uh, Zoom. Yeah, because Zoom had his daughter. Yeah, no. I get it. I get
0: it. But I'm just saying that that we've splash. had. Two,
1: Right, but we've been,
0: we've had two versions of Harrison Wells that have done things that were bad, you know, whether under duress or not. I I thought it was refreshing that HR was just this fun guy that like wanted to like contribute somehow but had absolutely no clue how to do so. He was
3: the idea man, Question. and I thought that was hilarious, yeah. yeah the, the the idea version of Harry or HR as we call him. Um, I thought it was a really cool thing. And I will be the first one to say I hated, as I called him in my reviews, Hipster Wells for, like the, first, <laughs> like, the first episode or two that he was in. I was like, I don't like this guy. But there is something so endearing about how Tom Cavanaugh played that character. And you realize just how honest he's being about everything as far as, like, his sincerity to just see things through. He might have been lying about how much he can contribute to the team, but his sincerity to help, Came through every single time he was on screen, and that's the power of Tom Cavanaugh. I I'm lobbying to make sure that we get Cowboy HR or Cowboy <laughs> Wells for the next oh, one. God. Seriously, does anybody else not want to see Cowboy Wells or what? I
1: do not want to see Cowboy Wells oh, now. You
3: guys are, like, crazy people! I want to see. I'm, Cowboy I'm Wells going with Mars. Harry being back. <laughs> well, okay, hey, all bow to Harry. I mean, let's be fair. Harry <laughs> is the best iteration of any Wells that we've gotten so far. And I mean, I, I love HR, but Harry—he's so interesting of a character that anytime I can see him back on screen, I'm 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 down with that.
0: Well, here's the mm. um they don't really need more science help on Team Flash. So that's why I kind of like Harry as, or, or HR, as this sort of you know, the idea man, you know uh, or the guy that's like getting them coffee, or he's throwing parties. Think about the practicalities of, hey, we need this particle accelerator place to to, to to generate money, right? so let's turn it into a museum so that we can get some revenues, and you know, we can do stuff like that. And I thought that that was the kind of character that they needed some more of a coordinator and facilitator rather than another scientist. And that's why I'm really sad to see him go. um, But I mean, beyond the fact that you know, I I thought he was interesting. Like Sean, I didn't like him at first, but once that we figured out what he was and that it wasn't that he was a villain, right? You know, that's was, okay. No, this is good. I like this. Mm-hmm. But every time I thought, oh, he's going to be another skeezy version of Wells, I was like, oh, I don't really want this. But yeah, I, I liked him after the first few episodes. So in
1: in those minutes that you know we all witnessed him dying, Barry couldn't rush him to the hospital to get help.
3: well i mean okay can we talk about that yet nathan or no sure uh yeah okay i I didn't mean to jump ahead i just i find that hilarious yeah well i just didn't want to but at the same time this is probably one of the biggest moments that really upset me in the show which was Mm. i i get the gag of every season tom cavanaugh gets to play another version of his character and seeing that in reality is a really cool little but at the same time there is an issue with the idea of once they've locked into a character for a season, they're stuck with that character until they find a way to write them out. And so far they've hit 3 like home runs with Tom Cavanaugh. And I am afraid that sooner or later they're going to write a version of Wells that we're not going to respond to. No matter what he yeah. can do, uh, because, you know, acting is great, but sometimes they just have bad decisions. You know, like they make Poor choices, and I'm really getting a little cringy about it now because I'm like, okay, here we go for I really hope I like this year's version of Wells, and it's it's almost expected now that we're going to get a new Wells. I
0: I feel like they're going to have to bring Harry back Uh, because I I, I agree with you. If they do another iteration of Wells, Mm -hmm. it'll just get sillier and sillier as it goes on. Yeah,
1: yeah. I feel feel like Harry. uh, It's been the last couple lines of the end of the season. I feel like Harry, if not every episode, will be at least recurring through the season.
0: So so now that we're getting closer to the whole Savitar-ish of it, Ugh. before we talk about Savitar himself, Sean, yeah. were you as disappointed as I was that we never really had a whole lot of what I like to call Team Flash, which isn't the same as TV Team Flash, but with a bunch of speedsters all working together towards the same goal?
3: Absolutely. I, I felt that... When you have, in this season, established characters, you had Barry Allen Flash, you had Kid Flash, you had Jay Garrick Flash, you had Jesse Quick, you have Team Flash. And we're talking about Team Flash, all speedsters. I've been calling them Team Flash for 25, 30 years now, (laughs) since I was like a kid. It's Team Flash, the Flash family. And... By the time you introduce Savatar, that's what you need in order to defeat the god of speed. To then not use all those characters and maybe introduce one more by the name of Max Mercury. You know, I oh. <laughs> I, I was really, really kind of mythed at the fact that we did not get that that full team Raw Raw spirit because the writers kept focusing on the idea that it had to be Barry Mono Amano. And the, mm. it, okay, there's only so many seasons you could say, "Hi, my name is Barry Allen. I'm the fastest man alive," and continue to prove him wrong until you have to take that away from him. I mean, technically the season was true because of Savitar's identity, but that's kind of like a bull crappy loophole, man.
0: <laughs> <Right>.
3: <laughs> My daughter's now
0: yelling at the TV. You're not. It's been proven many times. You are not <laughs> the fastest.
3: Ma- You're like the fourth fastest man
0: alive.
3: <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> You're not even in week, the top yeah. three, jerk. <laughs>
0: right. <laughs> oh,
3: man. At this point, what would it be? A flash? I would say Wally. No, I'd mm-hmm. say, okay, reverse flash, to avatar, Wally, mm-hmm. maybe Zoom, then Barry. Yeah. So, yeah, Barry's like at five at this point. Mm-hmm. Mm hmm. Okay. You, writers, get on your game. <laughs>
0: right. Yeah, I just felt it was such a missed opportunity because that would have been a good way of saying, hey, we've got this guy who's faster than everybody, but maybe he doesn't, it's not important to be the fastest because we can work together and get stuff done. And yeah. so, yeah, but oh well. Uh, so let's talk about old savitar now i know sean is familiar with savitar from the comics eric are you familiar with savitar from the comics okay ryan are you familiar with savitar from the comics
2: uh not particularly i um my i read some of the mark wade stuff back in the 90s wally west so i don't think savitar was around then I yeah he before was after he was yeah, he was right,
3: uh, he was issue 106, I think, is when they introduced him. So it was
2: right in the middle of Mark Waite's run. Okay, so it was either I stopped reading before he showed up, or I jumped in after. I don't know, but needless to say, I, d- I had to go do some research on him after you know, I learned he was a thing. Right, so so
0: the avatar we got bears almost no resemblance no. <laughs> to the comic version, yeah. who, who is basically Speedster Iron Man, and... I, I'm very disappointed because, uh, you know, and I, and I get that this is my first exposure to the idea of Savitar was from the comic. So there's that old man, get off my lawn kind of Wait. mentality to it. What?
1: Iron Man? Don't you mean Megatron? Yeah.
0: Well, yeah, sure. (laughs) I I always called him Sauron, but...
3: Honestly, he looked more like
0: Sauron from Lord of the Rings (laughs) to me, yeah.
1: (laughs) (laughs) yeah, I'll give you that one.
0: But, I mean, the idea is he's in a suit of technological armor, so it's an Iron Man-y sort of idea. But anyway, so, yeah, Savitar in the comics is such a threat, not just because he can run faster than Wally, who was the Flash at the time, it's the fact that Savitar has tapped so deeply into the speed force that he can actually manipulate speed he can take speed away from people he can give it to his own people he can uh gain the speed from bullets being fired at him he is super powerful and i don't feel so so even beyond the identity of who savitar was which is its own thing i feel like we were really shortchanged with savitar Uh it's like he's really fast and in a suit of armor Ooh, that's how we vary it up from zoom and reverse flashes we just put him in a suit of armor
3: uh, yeah and there's no other distinctive trait about him other than he also runs really fast you know i mean right. when and, and nathan has heard me rant and rave about how much i love savitar out of all of my villainous mm-hmm. speedsters savitar is my favorite one and i mean i remember when I, I i got nathan to read the issues where he premieres i'm like dude you get speed ninjas and he's like like just read it <laughs> you know yeah. and, and like, he didn't believe me and then he read it and he was like holy crap i love-speed ninjas you know it's
0: like they kind of toyed with the idea of him having a religion and everything because like with alchemy and everything right it's like there are people worshiping but never really went to the whole like point of they worship speed speed is their god and because of that he can imbue them with the speed so they can go out and do his bidding and that would have been amazing especially when they've introduced all these other speedsters to mm-hmm. be on barry's side so we got four speedsters that have to fight all these bad guys now with super speed and that way they could have really you know because they say next year they're not gonna have a speedster as the villain right. this could have been the cap off of, okay, we've taken speedsters to, like, the hot potential we can possibly do. Now we're going to move on to another kind of villain because yep. we've pulled out all the stops. But I feel like it kind of fizzled because even at the end, Savitar didn't seem anywhere near as fast as he seemed at, when he first showed up. And so without that, it's just, hi, I'm a guy of armor. That can run right,
3: and not to mention the fact that when you introduce a whole team, Flash. One of the great side effects is the fact that if you remember when they started that um, Dead Heat storyline, that Savitar started speed from other speedsters, and the only one who could Mm -hmm. keep it going was Wally who was the main Flash character at the time. So imagine if you have Jay and you have uh, Jesse and you have Wally and you have Barry all fighting one target, right? They're fighting speed ninjas, and all of a sudden, three of them lose their juice. And here's Savitar walking into the screen. And you could just see like the electricity arc off of them and go into his body. And he has sapped them of their super speed because he has become the turbine of the speed force. And it was like there was so much visual... And 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 and, and story iconography from his six issues. I mean, he's only in six issues Mm -hmm. ever until he dies, like twenty years later. That they could have borrowed from, and they just they just didn't go for it. And what we got was you know, this weird, depressive character who was all about, like, I know who you are. And <laughs> and, and it was a third season of I know all your secrets, I can destroy any I want to, I'm the super bad guy, you can never defeat me. And honestly, it, I, I will be completely fair here, it was rote. It was, oh, we're doing that storyline again. Mm-hmm. And that's how I felt through a majority of the season. And if you guys have read any of my uh, reviews on Legion of Leia, I went off many times on this like they are squandering this opportunity just because it felt rote it felt like we were retreading two seasons worth of content for a third season and that's unfortunate because avatar could have been a trump card that you could have waited for four or five seasons in and once we've gone through other characters and other villains you could say oh we're bringing back a speedster people go yeah yeah speedster and they could have blown us away with it and they didn't
0: one of the things that I thought was really cool that they did this season when they introduced Abracadabra is that they had him name drop the villain for next season when he was like oh you know none of your other villains and he names you know Thon and uh, Zolomon he says or Devoe and so you know they're and that's the thing Savitar should have been something they set up beforehand mm-hmm. not something like oh crap it's the third season what are we gonna do uh, uh, oh Savitar he's a big villain okay let's do him you know and that's what it feels like we kind of had is just this sort of reactionary thing where they throw him out there there um and and i feel like setup would have helped this immensely also not holding the reveal of who he was until like two episodes before the end of the season because they just stretched that whole you know who is savatar i don't know thing like way out way Uh, too
2: long (laughs) so can anyone explain to me and maybe I'm just forgetting here, but how in the world, knowing who Savitar is and that Savitar was created by trying, basically trying to stop Savitar, how exactly did Flashpoint create Savitar?
3: Okay, so if I recall, the writers wanted to make a bad guy, and they decided <laughs> to throw some crap at the wall, and it made the shape of Savitar, and they said, that guy. <laughs> no, I mean, honestly, the way they explained it in the show was that because Barry went back and tried to mess with the timeline, he made the present unstable, which kind of led to this fracturing futures, which gave to the possibility of Savitar. It's paper thin. And quite honestly, if they were saying that Flashpoint was the fracture point that created the ability for Savitar to exist, they should have done what I thought they should have done at the end of this season. But I don't know if we want to talk about that yet.
1: I want to hear Sean's rant about the Speed Force because I know it's coming. (laughs) Oh, all right, just hold on, just one two seconds, just
0: two seconds. Because I will say this: the only thing that I really liked is it, and it was the the scene they showed at Comic Con last year was Slan being like, "Who's the villain now, Flash? Who's the villain?" And, you know, the fact that that, you know, really was the answer to what's going on this season right. was that the Flash was... The, that was perfect. That was beautiful. And, yeah, uh, if only the rest of the season had been a more thought as just that one line, um, I, I would have been happy. But, uh, yeah, so, of course, we have Emo Berry now. So, uh, yeah, let Sean just go. go.
3: <laughs> you have the floor. Right, guys, I apologize for everybody else here. This is going to take a few minutes, and I apologize. <laughs> okay if I was mad about squandered savatarness, my biggest gripe for episode of our episode was Emo Barry. I hate Emo Barry. Let's put it on front street. The Flash is not an Emo character. He is not a character who gets down. He is not a character who is upset. He is not a character who does not know how to process his own thoughts and feelings. He is a well-adjusted, capable human who actually knows how to deal with complex issues and able to deal with his own problems. And he is considered the heart and soul of the DC universe because he never is an emo character. Batman has problems. Hell, Superman has problems. Wonder Woman has problems. Barry also has problems. But the Flash comes from a place of hope. It is never a place of despair and hatred. If you take that hope away from him, you basically have Red Batman. And that does not work for this character. If you need evidence, may I introduce Season 3 of The Flash. It was horrible overall when it looks at that review. Barry is not, a, uh, is not a hopeless character. He is the person who inspires hope. Hell, the whole reason I insisted that Nathan start to get into the Flash as a is that he was the most persistently optimistic character I've ever read on the page. I mean, you remember this, mm-hmm. Nathan. I would go on long yeah. rants about this. You know, I was like, no matter what they throw at him, he always finds the silver lining. He always finds a way to, you know, make it okay. When he joins the Speed Force uh, in issue 100, and he knows, this is it. I'm going to Die and I am never coming back from this. He takes a moment and he is grateful for the fact that he's able to say goodbye to Linda before he dies. And he looks right at her and he's like, At least I gotta say bye. The man is a millisecond away from non-existence and he's still thankful for the things that are given to him. Whereas mm-hmm. Barry Allen on the damn TV show is like, I stubbed my toe and they didn't have penis at the freaking store. <laughs> 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 like getting dramatic about it and it's just like what the hell and he's like i went to buy iris a ring and iris was like do you love me for me or you just try to stop my fate and he's like oh gee golly maybe we shouldn't be in a relationship because feelings are hard (laughs) oh my (laughs) god look i just want to punch him
0: like the little bitch that he is Yeah, to add insult to injury, what Savitar is, is basically Emo Barry. He is!
3: It's like, seriously, this is Barry versus the Emo Club this year. I mean, and what was hilarious was as the show was going on, I was railing about Emo Barry. I was pissed that this was even an idea that they were floating out there. And then to find off that Savitar is the physical of Im- Emo Barry, he even had the haircut. Oh, it was. I wanted to punch TVs, people. Okay, it was, it was bad, and it, it it showed how far the the writers had gotten away from what made this character work. People rave about that perfect first season of The Flash, and I don't use that yes. term lightly. I've talked to a lot of people who have never watched The Flash, never experienced The Flash, and they watched that first season. And people have told me time and again, if that was all that they they would have been happy. Because it was such a Mm -hmm. well-told season. And that was a place of happiness and hope and joy. And yes, there are people who are murdering each other. And there are villains. But you never felt despair. And that's something that is so utterly unique to this character. That to take it away from him, it it, it just showed how important it is to keep that as a part of his DNA. And it was hard. And by extension of that, the Speed Force. When did the Speed come hell? The Speed Force is literally Valhalla. It is speedster heaven. It is the place where they are rewarded for running the good race. And at no point does sadness or or anything remotely coming to a negative feeling supposed to enter into the Speed Force. And they have made it the equivalent of... Yeah,
0: I mean, the thing is, Max Mercury's whole goal is to become one with the Speed Force because he wants to have that bliss. Yeah. Oh. And, and the tragedy of his character was all the times he tries and he never can quite get there. He ends up getting shot through time. And-
3: right, because he always has that one little piece of doubt. Doubt and emotion mm-hmm. and that emo feeling keeps you out of the Speed Force. It's not the, mm-hmm. it's not the freaking skeleton key to put you in the hospital room to watch your mom die over and over and over and over again. <laughs> <What>? Seriously? <laughs> like... They, they took the perfect conclusion. Savitar, in the comics, is desperate to become one of the Speed Force. And the irony is that to become one with the Speed Force, you literally lose yourself. Because you become part of the greater... My- you are no longer a selfish individual. You are now part of all things. And Wally, the genius that he is, realizes, why am I fighting this? And gives Savitar exactly what he wants. And the villain is nullified done hmm. this version is like put him in the speed force to hold him there because it's the only thing that'll contain him
2: what the flappity
3: flapty flap 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 <laughs>
0: well that's okay it got even weirder when they okay so they stop him from killing iris and then Savitar's like well i got iris now and i'm like that's the way of fixing the problem with your timeline is to just kill her a different way you know it would be like a slight variation but it would still you know you'd still exist but i don't know it was like the the writers like stopped even like trying to think through logic anymore uh with what they were doing with savitar (laughs) The the
1: show speed force is basically that clingy girlfriend that won't let you hang out with your friends you yeah, basically well yeah i mean
0: they also seem to borrow liberally from deep space nine uh the aliens yes because they talk enigmatically it's kind of like it's non-linear you know
2: yeah but then they became the wraiths yeah <sighs> i just kind of is I, i'm so angry
3: Oh, I mean, at least they fixed Barry because and, and it was something I even tweeted about when it happened. When Captain Cold becomes the voice of region, reason and hope, you know, mm-hmm. something has gone off the rails. <laughs> and when he sits there and he says, I like my flash to be a guy that I can look up to with the bad guys mm-hmm. like Mark, bro. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> okay yeah you like it's just you, you 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 they lost the path it, it's the only way to explain it they lost the faith yeah and when they lost it yeah. they lost a big bad way it, it wasn't even subtle how far down the narrative story uh to, totem pole that we've gone i mean they 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 tried to make You know him. At worst, they tried to make him like Batman. At best, they tried to make him conflicted. Like, and it does not work Mm. with this character. Every time you put it in front of them like this, you think you're making interesting drama. All you're doing is making people go, "Why is this guy whining so much?" I mean, this man has literally been given a million second chances, and yet he still whines. He's had a chance to have communion with his mother. He's had a chance to say goodbye in multiple ways, and yet he still can't resolve the feelings that he has. And I get. that some people may not do that, but that's not what makes the Flash the Flash. And I'm going to shut up because I can literally go for like another 45 <laughs> minutes on this. So I'm just gonna... yeah. One thing I will say, uh, you know, one of the
0: things that I've always said is that what I like about the Berlanti shows is that they're different flavors. So I don't need the Flash to become dark and arrowish mm-hmm. because I have Arrow for that. And I think that actually Stephen Amell and the character of Oliver Queen handles the darkness far better than Barry who comes off as you know somewhat Anakin-y mm-hmm. from the uh, prequels. You know, it comes off as whiny rather than, you know, Oliver, who tends to be a little gruffer, or tries to repress his emotion, you know, things like that, which is a better place, I think, for someone who's in the, the, the darkness, because whininess just makes us mm-hmm. annoyed. <laughs> you know, we, we don't want to listen to that, so um, I, I I really hope that with the fourth season that they bring it back to you, the Flash being the optimistic character, because again, I, I have my arrow for Arrow, you know, I've got my Flash, you know, he's got the the hope i got legends of tomorrow for just whatever crazy insane stuff they want to do
3: week, yeah you know <laughs> those last four or five episodes of flash it was clear the writers got the message they saw what's yeah. happening mm-hmm. they saw how people were reacting to it well and said, we've got to turn this around
1: well minus the ending
3: well minus the ending
1: uh, <laughs> but
3: even yeah. then even then they could still find a way like he can go into the speed force and now that he's at peace the speed force is at peace or something and they could they could fix a speed force like that you know i when, seriously yeah. We're talking about a fictional group of you know, spiritual analogs. I mean, you can, you could turn them on a dime and then everything's cool, but they got to do it.
0: Uh, Ryan, I want to give you a chance to comment on Savitar
3: <laughs> a little bit. i uh, <laughs> no,
1: it's, it's going to make a comment related to, uh, sure. related to the, uh, emo stuff. When Deathstroke sure. is coming off more positive than you in his one appearance <laughs> in three seasons, you know there's an issue. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah. It's fair. Yeah.
2: <laughs> i mean i don't really have much to say about Savitar. most of it's been been covered here he really is kind of just a failing in the writing of of barry when you when you get and maybe this is also goes back to how just they screwed up flashpoint to begin with but when you get to how they handled cisco's uh the loss of his brother and how he basically got over Mm. that in like four episodes versus everything that is barry it's just it's like and it goes to what I really consider the biggest problem of Savatar and Uffich in general, which is they're just not giving a crap about the rules that they write for time travel. Yeah. I, they 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 will say, either in season one or two or three, or the very beginning of the very episode that they're in, that you can't do X. And then they go and do X. And it's just... It's, it's, even that wouldn't be so bad if it just made sense within that one episode. But when you've got an episode where the, the, the freaking let's give Barry amnesia so that so Savitar <laughs> won't know what's going on episode, it just – oh, I wish I had amnesia and couldn't remember that episode. Even though I will admit that was one of the better episodes the season because what did we get? We-
3: Got a hopeful Barry.
2: It, no, it's great for the characters, but just the the time, the, travel the, consistency, yeah. Yeah, the consistency. Yeah, the yeah. consistency
3: was completely thrown out the window. But from a character perspective, oh my god, we got a happy Barry, and it made you so. At least me, it made me so much happier to see that's the Barry I want. You know, and it was. It's like they're trying to find a way to get back to.
2: I guess I could see them doing an emo berry if they did it in a way that made sense. I mean, uh, but just a time remnant doesn't work. It should have been something like a transporter accident or, you know, uh, another earth berry <laughs> or a berry that had ne- that had grown up dark. I don't know. If they wanted to do dark emo berry, they could have done it in a way that uh, just, you just, oh, that sounded, was that good or bad? I think you had good. a really cool thought. Yeah. I think you had a really cool <laughs> thought there. Yeah. Uh,
1: speaking of other world berries. I've many theories about it. Do we know? Does anybody know anything about the um the flash from um Earth 19? Yeah, from Gypsy's world.
3: Yeah, he's not Barry.
1: Well,
0: yeah, we only saw him for a fraction of a second. He said
3: it At all? Yeah, um I, I, I oh, see, I know the name of this character, but I can't remember off the top of my head. I forget. But he's he's basically just another version of Barry, but it's not Barry. It's it's one of their um, offshoots from one of the else worlds that did and I forget what else it was. Was it the Red Sun Flash? It might have been the Red Sun Flash. Maybe not.
1: Oh, I thought it was, uh, mm. oh, well, what's uh, Liberty Files? Because it kind of looks like that costume a little bit.
3: It might have been, but it's one of the more obscure Flashes that they introduced. But, yeah, it's definitely yeah. a flavor of of Flash, but it's not Barry, if I remember correctly. Yeah.
1: Before
0: uh, Before it sounds like that we're wailing too much on <laughs> Flash, I will say there's a few things they got right this season. King Shark Hell, was a definite yeah. plus. Oh, yes. yeah. I think uh, I think that uh, having the speed force when it talks to Barry as Captain Cold and talking about how Barry was what inspired Cold to sacrifice himself and then us getting that story later when he pulls Cold out of time and that being the point when Cold inspired by Barry was a nice piece of forethought with the writing. Again, you know, guys, just think things through, plan things ahead. The other thing that I really liked, uh, character-wise, because I don't know much about Abracadabra from the comics, but moment when they're going to take him off the Gypsy's world, and they're like, "Look, man, just help us out. Tell us who Savitar is." And he's like, "You know, you were never the same ever, you know, since Iris died." And he's like, "You know, by not telling you who Savitar is, it's like I get to kill her myself." And just the the. Yeah. the that was cold (laughs) yeah so cold with that you know the acting i'm like oh this is a villain you know i wasn't you know that sold me on this guy and you know the casting there i think was perfect that guy i want to see more abracadabra and as he's a time traveler we can see him a lot because we'll just see earlier versions of him so it still works the top and the mirror they're
3: get a lot better too Oh yeah, Top and Mirror Master, those were great. I mean, and, and you're right, I, I don't want to completely diss this season, but I feel like this season got away from the mission. And I, I think they realized what they did, where they made their mistakes, and I think that they're going to correct it. And I think one of the biggest things that they can do towards that is, it's really simple. Play with your villains. Stop making it about one bad guy. Yeah. Give us... gallery. Mm -hmm. The Flash has one of the largest galleries in the history of comic books. He is literally the character where they came up with the term rogues gallery, because that was the name of his bad guys, the rogue. Everybody thinks it's Batman. It's not. It's the Flash. Nope. Um, Yep. No, it's like this is like a big thing for him. And also keep him in a hopeful place. You know, don't continually drag him into the muck and the mire. Let him enjoy his job. You know, let him enjoy being the Flash. Have a where, yes, he's conflicted. Yes, people are in danger. Yes, it's going to be challenging. But he's still smiling. I mean, that's one of the things that I love Mm -hmm. is that even when Barry was the Flash, many times you're reading this book, he's smiling doing this because he loves help. Helping people and that's kind of the cool stuff that they need to do you know and, and it's clear that they're starting to go there um, I, I think probably their biggest failing up to this point is not capitalizing on the rogues gallery more it took them a long, long time mm-hmm. to finally flesh it out um, and definitely taking heatwave and captain cold and putting them on legends of tomorrow hamstrung them from a little bit but now you have abracadabra you've got the top you've got mirror master you've got the trickster out there hell you got multiple tricksters out there you have mm-hmm. been for bringing caitlin frost in as killer snow uh, uh caitlin snow as killer frost you could easily introduce a character like Firebug or something to take over the heatwave role. And you could have a formidable rogues gallery. And then, like you said, they had talked about the Vo, who's the thinker. And there's a lot of extra characters they could start to pull out. And they could even go so far as to redeem part of the Savitar storyline by introducing and have Cicada be able to leech the Speed Force off people and give it to worshippers of the Speed Force. There's a lot of stuff they could do. Oh, Magenta's out there. I mean, there's a lot of characters that they can pull in uh, and we need to focus yeah. on them.
1: My biggest fear for the start of season three, season four, will mm-hmm. be that we're getting um, we're getting Buffy from season six after the uh, after the great big, you know, um, sacrifice. But <laughs> from but from what they've confirmed, all we all we know of season four so far. Is from various actors on the show as well as uh, as well as produ- production wise. They have said season four will start six months after what happened, and they're actively looking for for a way to get Barry out of the out of the Speed Force.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
1: So yeah, I mean, I was
0: disappointed by the ending to the season. It seemed like it was just another way to just be like, let's make things suck. And it was, <laughs> it was even more annoying to me was it that was it that it was. It was the kind of problem that in any other episode, give Cisco two minutes and he would have a solution right. for it. And it's not like they didn't have two minutes, because Barry spends, like, five minutes saying goodbye to everybody while the is being destroyed. <laughs> so... <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> right. And so...
2: But this show and again it goes back to the whole bullets versus uh blow darts this show suffers from a character that is too powerful so that when we do have an issue you just have to you have to crank up that suspension of disbelief to believe Mm -hmm. that it actually is a danger this is such a little thing but what bugged me so much this season was that cisco can build the size of a cell phone for Kara for supergirl to jump between dimensions that's powered probably on freaking AA batteries but he needs <laughs> alien tech to power the the time bazooka or whatever and it's just I, that shouldn't be a big deal but it's just symptomatic for me of when 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 they start messing up the big things and don't care anymore then the little things really start popping and jumping up at me
3: yeah, I mean, honestly, th- this is how I view season three of The Flash. They knew what story beat to hit. They knew when they wanted to reveal those beats, and they didn't let things naturally evolve. Three quarters of the way through the season, I had th- through the whole show, I had been saying, "There's a way to make everything they've done up until this point perfect," and they could have nailed it if they'd have ended the final episode. And it really was this: you do not stop Iris West from dying iris dies Mm. iris flat out is dead start of the last episode of the season there is no way that's going to happen we jump ahead a couple save barry her barry is distraught Barry realizes that there is no way he could have ever stopped Savitar. Not because Savitar is a time remnant. He is Savitar, and he cannot get away from that destiny. The only way he can do it is by stopping the very thing that caused the problem to begin with. Of course, is his creation of Flashpoint. So he has to stop himself from ever going back in time, which means that, of course, he has to find a way to go back in time one last instance and stop it all which a lot of people would go well wait how does that work because that's what got him into the problem in the first place and it's easy in the comics Barry or Wally can't travel around through time without the use of the cosmic treadmill which is a horrible name for a device but just go with me for a minute here (laughs) because it basically Basically, without it, he can't focus where he's going. He basically shatters the space-time continuum. He goes, all Doc Brown paradoxy. So he has to find a way to basically go back to a specific instance. Since we're not going to use something as cheesy as the name, the cosmic treadmill, you simply make it the desired universe. He goes into the speed force and he says, I understand what I did wrong. And they realize and they say, You know that you have to sacrifice something in order to fix this. And he goes, Yes. And he gives up all of the progression that he's made with the Iris. The last year falling in love, getting engaged, all of that, it all resets back to a year previous at best. And give that part up to him. Maybe they're not even in love yet, but because he's sacrificing this piece of his own history, he's able to use that almost as a band-aid over the wound that is Flashpoint. And he goes back to the original instance where he has to fight uh, the reverse Flash from killing his mom. He has to stop himself from season one and say, no, you have to mm-hmm. let her die. And he has to watch his mom get killed. And he has to save his younger self. And he has to come back to the present. Now, the end of season three, the beginning of season four, he has lost Iris. He knows that that part of her is gone. And he's going to have to work to rebuild it again. And he comes back to a present that is basically what it was pre-Flashpoint. Cisco's brother's still alive. Caitlin is not Killer Frost. become Killer Frost. And here's the big twist. A year has gone by. He can't go back to when he left. A year has actually taken place. To people who want to know where The Flash has been for a year. People want to know where Barry's been for a year. All this stuff has happened, and you've now reset the stage. You've reset her, and you've given them a year's worth of experiences that he has to find out about. And that's how you go yeah. into season four. Savitar makes sense. You have you finally closed the loop on this time travel bullcrap about being the nexus of all things in the universe. <laughs> and he finally <laughs> understands why he can't travel through time. <laughs> sorry, I, I, I ranted. I'm sorry. It's funny because it's I mean, true. But I mean, it fixes all the problems of season three pretty well. And it makes Flashpoint relevant. <laughs> It
2: makes don't the know. whole season of Flash. <laughs> We're going to get to a point where the Flashes and the reverse Flashes are, are going to be tripping over them themselves in that living room. Yeah,
0: uh, <laughs> <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> Yeah, well, that's the thing. We all wanted it, though, to, to circle back to that scene in season one where there's yes, a no. version of Barry yeah. that says, <laughs> oh. yeah, to the version that's trying to come back and save yeah. the mom there. But they didn't. It never, it never went back. Yeah. And, and so that's again speaking to Ryan's point about how their rules never make any sense because half the time Barry goes back in time to interact with himself, and the other half of the time he goes back in time and his previous self yeah. just disappears. And they really ought to be consistent yeah, and I mean, with honestly,
3: that. Honestly, they 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 could just me a culpa it and say the speed force is eliminating all time remnants, all variations that have nullified themselves. Out. So at this point, there has, like, they could literally make it, there is no flat. I mean, imagine this. He knows that this is about to happen. He knows he has to go back and he has to to, to, to fix this event that he has screwed up so wrong, all of a sudden the reverse Flash appears. Maybe the reverse Flash coming back to life, that's how you rewrite Eobard Thawne into the show. The, flag, uh, the, the Speed Force has given him back to the world. This is your penance that you now have to face your greatest villain again. You thought it was Savitar. You thought it was yourself. Oh, no, 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 son. It's Eobard Thawne. And, he, and Eobard Thawne knows exactly what he has to do. He's got to kill Barry's mom. And that's the fuck. You know, I mean, th- th- I'm sorry. I'm just. I- I- I've been riffing on this for a couple months now, so I've really thought this out. There is a way to make <laughs> that work and make it feel well, far more satisfying with what they had set up versus I, oh, it was HR and a hologram.
2: I-, I feel like there's still a way to save Savitar. In a sense, if we discover that this wasn't really Savitar, that this was just Barry, mm. you know, assuming the name of what he thought was a, but le- well, we find out that there always had been a Savitar, and he's still out there. And I'm still kind of hoping. For it to be, um, just to keep it in the TV continuity, Eddie, because he did disappear into the quantum singularity, and he could have been dispersed to who knows where. So I still wouldn't mind them doing Mm -hmm. that in some way and bringing that back around uh, maybe in season five or six.
0: Yeah yeah that has been my I, I keep on thinking every season it's like oh
3: Zoom is Eddie
0: oh Savitar yeah. is Eddie
3: you know, right? watch Eddie just as a because bad guy and he just calls himself Eddie I don't need no damn call- right. I, I'm Eddie. <laughs>
0: damn it well, well because there's already so much background with that character that you don't really need to play a whole lot of games with us and just be like he's bitter because he feels like his saving everybody by shooting himself like you know suddenly Barry gets to have Iris and everything else whereas he's tormented yeah. for, you know, years or whatever in some other Washington. place and that he becomes yeah. right and he regrets his decision and he comes back with like revenge on his mind.
3: That would be he's yeah. all even just just instead of him being jealous, he sees what they've done with his sacrifice. Look at all the crap that's happened after mm-hmm he sacrificed himself mm, True, and oh, he's yeah. like this is what you did with my gift oh, i get it back Yeah, <laughs> I, I, I mean right. seriously there's a lot they could do with it I mean and the cool part is, is that at any given time they can trigger that moment and I mean, basically, all they need is for somebody to listen to this show and just write the damn script and say, this guy had a really great way of closing that loophole out and giving us a satisfying (laughs) conclusion to this. He can bring back Eddie. The Speed Force could stop Eddie from killing himself. It can bring back Thawne. There could be all sorts of interesting little loopholes and caveats now that have happened because Barry has to sacrifice something of himself in order to fix the job that he has royally screwed. And that could drive an entire oh, season oh. of stories. Easy.
0: What if the change that when Barry has to give up, like, the, the, mm-hmm. the thing is that, is that Eddie never died, so Iris and Eddie got That'd married. That would be awesome. And that's why his relationship with Iris qualified. Uh, <laughs> so, so pretty much everything happened the way mm-hmm. we saw it happen. They still defeated Zoom, everything else. But the only difference was that Eddie was there with Iris, right. you know, all that time. Yeah, I could see that. You know,
2: (laughs) speaking to be that nerd, if Barry did disappear for the past year, he'd come back to a world uh, conquered by aliens. That's true. <laughs> well, no, the aliens
0: only came because he created <laughs> Ooh, Flash- yeah. Flashpoint was never created, uh, yeah, I, the aliens wouldn't have come. I was about to
3: say, you, you have the point where they, they, there's still the fact that he didn't make Flashpoint so the invasion never happened. And here's the here's the cool part. We've established that parallel worlds are not affected by Barry's choices in his own timeline, so Kara would still have all of her Supergirl of helping with invasion. Barry would have the paradox memories still of invasion. So they would know that this event happened, but nobody else would remember her. I mean, dude, there's See, this is when I'm like, I wish I could just like kick in the writer's room and be like, you're let me sit down and be like school you guys. Like, they have established these rules. They're there. They've not, you know, it's not that they don't have a wealth of material to draw from. They're just not drawing from the right sources. They're drawing from this is what we want to happen to the plot instead of saying, This is what the given us, how can we make this puzzle into a
2: picture? Wait, but are you saying I have to go back yeah. to from Johnny Jr. to Baby Sarah? I- I'm sorry, I can't do that. <laughs> yes,
3: and you fix that
2: problem, too. You go
3: back to Baby Sarah, you know, and it's like, come on. Like, I I, I could see that, you know, I- I- that'd be kind of cool. That still
0: to me is the lamest <laughs> thing where it's like,
3: oh, we got a show
0: that affects Arrow as well, so we'll just change the gender of Diggle's yeah. child. It's like, really? You know? and-,
3: and you know what would even be cool? cooler than that it's like i mean you could anytime again they could pull the trigger on the storyline you know barry figures out he's got to go back and stop this whole thing from happening he's got to sacrifice yada 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 and then the legends of tomorrow show up you got to stop running through time and it's barry versus the legends why aren't they stopping this guy if they're stopping time remnants like he's the biggest like he's like walking around like the t-rex in the shopping mall man i mean like like they need to stop him like mm, we got a lot of Lock up Barry Allen. That would be an interesting storyline to have, even though they're dealing with their own T Rex. prank literally. Uh, You know, (laughs) (laughs) well,
0: that was sort of my idea. Actually, it's funny, Sean, because I had this similar idea, and I said that should be next year's crossover because they've said that Rip Hunter is going to create his own like time bureau or whatever, and that it would be interesting rooted Oliver. To stop Barry from, tra- you know, to capture Barry, and that Oliver gets to recruit like heroes from all across time, like both past and future. So it's like, like the, you know, like the greatest DC characters of all time that he can right, recruit get the All Stars, and, and that yeah. they like, exactly. T- <laughs> right. And it's like them trying to take down the Flash, and maybe some of the Legends side with the Flash or something. You know, just do something like that where it'd be kind of fun. You know, way of just having uh, the heroes, what, you, mean, you know, go against DC
2: each Civil other. War.
3: <laughs> you know what i mean there's you know but that's the classic yeah, comic i mean trope. that's a classic comic trope and but you know what it's not a completely out of left field oh we just happen yeah. to fight each other because we don't know who each other are barry has earned a little bit of ire especially from time traveling you know mm. protectors oh. the, you know the, the, I, the, more not to mention the fact that they could still send you know the black flash after barry you know yeah. at any time i mean that all I'm saying is, writers, if you're listening to this show, just take some notes down. Look at the look <laughs> at the pieces. You have got a lot of solutions here. Mm-hmm. Stop taking the easy way out. We are sophisticated viewers. We will go with you on the journey. Do not worry about that. But every time you pull this, oh, you thought you knew what was going on, but it's really this. No. You've given us enough to work with. Build from those
2: blocks. Stop hey. trying to ahas. It really seems that the more the show goes on, the more that I like Barry, I mean, as a person, seems like a great guy you'd want to hang out with. But as it goes on, the more I sympathize with Eobard and think he's right.
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, that's the great thing about Eobard. He's not like. You know, like an evil villain, I want to kill everybody or whatever. It's like he just can't stand the Flash. Well, you know, and, and they like. haven't
3: even established why yet. Focused on introducing all these other speedsters, they need to focus on why Eobard hates Barry. We've still mm. never had Eobard's first, like, uh introduction to Barry, with it being Eobard's, you know, first time. You know, because mm. I mean, in the comics, you got to remember he's a fanboy. He loves. Mm. Who Barry Allen is. He is the Flash of the 31st century. And then, or not 31st century. No, yeah, I think that was right. 31st century. And then he comes back to meet his idol, and his idol shuns him. That Flash kills. That Flash is an emo Flash. And Barry's like, that's not how we do things. And the rejection is so difficult for him to accept because again fanboys let's be fair mm-hmm. we've all probably had that moment where we've been rejected by somebody that we've come to idolize you know and it's like it's a hard thing to take you know and, and it's like I, I could see how they could just make that happen in a tv show so easily and have it be a commentary on the the, the nastier parts of fanism you know and and people who are I mean, you could actually have an active commentary on how people get so protective and so possessive over properties um, like we're doing right now, you know, just like by right. just ripping flash a <laughs> new one, you know. I mean, it, it's hey, like,
0: we're just we're just saying what we liked and what we didn't like. or are not just flash a new one. So <laughs> mean, yeah, we're, see, we're, see we're saying we're
2: saying e Eobard's actually a podcaster, is what we're saying. Right, he's a podcaster <laughs> yes. for <the> future, <laughs> and Barry turned down his request for an interview. Um, <laughs> but I mean, seriously, like
3: they could totally do to a meta comment on mm. just how things can go south, you know? And it's it would be interesting to see them do that. But the fact that they haven't dug into Eobard's origin with Barry and how they first meet and how Barry makes him into an enemy—that needs to happen. I mean, yeah. seriously, yeah. that needs to happen.
0: Oh, I mean, it would give a lot of context to what it
2: is, you know, what is his issue. So, uh-huh. yeah,
0: I think that would be good.
2: I would like to see Barry go to the future more. I mean, like the real future, not uh, five years or whatever. Uh, right. I mean, yeah. Like yeah. Legion of Superheroes. Yeah. Yeah. No, I would like go to see with that Doc too. Brown and go watch
3: Jaws 19. <laughs> <laughs> you know, that, that He's lived fun. it. He doesn't need to watch it. Right. You know? I mean, seriously, right? Like, he has lived Jaws 19. He's like every time King Shark pops up, like, <laughs> 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 I
1: don't-
3: I'm sorry.
1: Go ahead, Eric. I think I was beating Nate to the punch because I think he was going seg to segue uh, to some of the stuff we did like this season. I got two words, and uh, I'm surprised. I'm happily surprised that Nate begrudgingly liked it, as I knew the rest of us would. Is the uh, the music episode and the awesomeness <laughs> that is the Music Meister?
0: <laughs> you know? Oh, you troll! Yeah. You troll!
1: You know, you know what's <laughs> interesting about the Music Meister, and mm-hmm. it's it's along the same lines of uh, make when they introduced uh, Mixie over in Supergirl. Those Mm -hmm. two open up such a big can of worms that these universes can play with. That makes me super happy, especially Music Meister just throwing in lines towards the very end of the episode that make you kind of go, wait, are you actually the same version that we saw Neil Patrick Harris play? There's certain lines that make you question just how not, but just who this guy really could be. Because he opens up this big can of worms with some of those throwaway lines at the very end that I loved, and and you know, like I said, Mixie over in Supergirl kind of plays around with that to a lesser extent. Yeah. Music Meister, though that episode, the musical episode, the Gorilla Grodd two-parter, um, the stuff with Captain Cold and Killer and uh, King Shark was fantastic. There are some good elements, yeah. yeah. but yeah, Music yeah. Meister.
2: We touched on it, but I'll add to that list that I think once Iris thought she was gonna die, she became pretty badass. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. Yeah, definitely Iris accepting the
3: fact that she was gonna die and realizing this is my where this next six months is going to be is what I'm gonna leave behind. And mm-hmm. that feeling of vulnerability that came with it was extremely entertaining to watch. Mm-hmm. Another thing that I give them full marks for is showing and this is something, again, that Nathan knows because I've ranted about it a million times, is that Wally intrinsically is a better speedster than Barry is, mm-hmm. and is a better flash than Barry ever will be. The greatest thing that Barry ever does, and spoilers for anybody who's never read the comics, is that he dies. Um, not that I don't like barry allen it's that when barry dies he becomes this mythical figure that every superhero tries to live up to because he was so selfless for instance barry's story is that eventually a horrible life of trying to find peace because the reverse flash is tormenting him so much He finally kills the Reverse Flash and goes on trial for it, and eventually it turned out that he was being set up for it and was pushed into a corner where he absolutely had to do this thing. The Ward, quote-unquote, he finds out that Iris, who had died at this point, was still alive, and he was able to go to the future, a place where nobody knew who he was, and was able to settle down for a couple decades and have a life with us, have children. And the interesting part about this is that while in the future, he finds out what ultimately happens to him. He finds out that at one point in the future, he is going to go back to, at that point, 1985, and he is going to sacrifice himself in order to save, as we know it. And the entire time he's living in the future, he knows that this is what's going to happen to him. He knows, as he's playing with his kids and as he's seeing them grow up, that he's going to die In this selfless way and eventually goes off and he dies. He never blinks. He never hesitates. He never even tries to get out of it. He goes and he runs his last race and he joins the speed force and he becomes this icon that everybody knows this story that Wally for decades tries to live up to and at one point realizes he surpassed his mentor. And see that start in the show, where Wally is starting to become the speedster that will not only be as good as Barry, but will be a better Flash than Barry, is really cool to see. I, I I think that Kenyon, oh god, I forgot his name. Um, is Linesdale? it? Uh, yes, thank you, thank you. Kenyon's Linesdale. I think that he has done a tremendous job of giving us that that bright eyed optimism and and that impulsiveness that that uh, Wally needs. And I have really really been happy with how they're bringing him along. And I hope that season four gives us at least a couple of episodes, if not like um, I would love to see like half a season. Like you cut away and Barry's stuck at the Speed Force somewhere, but make a lot (laughs) about Wally being the Flash. I would love that.
0: He says that's not going to happen, but I, I agree know, I that know. it
3: would be great if they did it.
0: Yeah. But yeah, actually you teed up on what I was I was gonna talk about Wally. I was like, it's horrible that we've gotten this far and I haven't really said much about Wally. But yeah. I completely agree with that. And in fact it's one of the like HRs that was the one that was willing to like buck the crap that happens every season with Team Flash where Joe decides right. that somebody's not gonna do something, mm-hmm. and suddenly, you know, we just don't let it happen. So uh, or in this case it was Barry, like, no, Wally is not gonna learn how to do him. and right. so you know, I love the whole Thing with HR being like his cheerleader, like Go Wally, you know you can yeah, do oh, this. I love the Go Wallys. Yes, those were so great. He's like Go
3: Wally, and the people would cut eyes at him. He's like, what? That's my boy. You know, yeah, right? Char <laughs> <It's not laughs> is the first and best like Wally West fan. I love that. I mean, like, and it, it, it was so cool. But yeah, I i loved everything with that. Anything Gorilla Grad, you know, I'm automatically in on. King Shark was amazing. Captain Cold was mm-hmm. amazing. The musical episode was fantastic. The, the yep. moments where they had Killer Frost just be Killer Frost and have that conflict within her was pretty well thought out. I, I like yeah. the the conflict of her resolving, I'm Caitlyn Snow, but I'm also Killer Frost. I like that dynamic of she doesn't know where she's going to fall. I thought really good stuff. Honestly, th- my biggest complaints are they took too long to get to Savitar. As far as, like, revealing who that was, that should have been, like, the winter break, and they didn't land the ending. I think any of my other problems could have easily been explained by a really solid Because it's not the journey when it comes to these kind of stories. It's what the last twist is. And unfortunately, they just didn't nail that. Which takes a season that I would call okay, possibly good, and drops it a whole letter grade for me. Yeah. Um, which mm-hmm. is... Sad because I hate saying that about the Flash, but I try to be honest with my reviews when I look at him because I don't want to look at him through fan blinders. I want to legitimately look at the source and say, was this legitimately good or did they they, they pooch the screw? And I think they pooched it a little bit this year. Yeah.
2: It's like you can, with any given series, you can have a a few bad episodes as long as the overarching plot works. But this season was the exact opposite. We had some stellar episodes. We had some great development yeah. in the cracks. But the overarching mm. story was crap, and mm. that it, it doesn't work. You can't do it that. Yeah, way.
0: I'm still trying to figure out how Jesse going to Earth three like protected her from Savitar. Because I'm like, if he's a speedster, he can follow you to Earth three too. So yeah, you right. Know. <laughs> <And he just laughs> but But that is another thing I wanted to bring up. I wanted to bring up Jesse because it was great that we got Jesse quick also this season. I wish we had had more of her and that she did more with, you know, the the whole Flash team. I do like what they're doing with uh, making her and Wally an item, uh, especially since, you know, we've already had Linda with Barry and everything Mm -hmm. else. And it does make things a little strange. I thought that was a cute couple you know and i think yeah, that they definitely. work you know well together so uh definitely cool with that and i hope that we get more if harry does become the wells that we have in season four then i'm pretty sure we will be seeing a lot of jesse also but uh hopefully we'll get more of her anyway And if it's a different harrison wells i uh i feel like we've brought up cisco yet but i can't really think of a whole lot development wise i mean cisco feels like he fell through the cracks
3: yeah, Cisco definitely was given I, I mean, he was he was more vibe than he was Cisco this season. Whenever they needed an extra mm. superhero, Cisco would show up and be like, I can do stuff and then he'd vanish. Um <laughs> right He had like one character moment when uh, his brother died. Yeah you know, and he got and over that, Yeah, and he got over it and then there was Gypsy, you know, and it was that, that interesting love affair with Gypsy that was going on, which honestly, as much as I enjoy uh, for them to bring back Golden Glider and I want yes. a really cool trinity of of this love triangle to happen i want him to be the love triangle where he's got to pick between the good girl or the bad girl i mean come Come on on. he's literally archie between a betty and a veronica that's going to make for interesting tv frequency was canceled
0: so um she's available to be golden glider again so yeah i I was actually hoping we'd get her towards the end of this season so that we could have had some with her. And I keep saying that what would be the funniest thing is if Cisco finds actually Gypsy because she looks so, the actress looks so much like a female version of him that if he finds out that she's actually Cisco Ramon from this other universe where it was a XY chromosomes that are XX chromosomes, XY. And so that would be like this weird, oh. <laughs> <You know? laughs> oh, I thought that would be funny.
2: <laughs>
3: uh It would be something. <laughs> yeah, that that would be weird. That I made out with me. That yeah. yeah. No. And when I look
0: at her. I'm like, she looks so much like him, just as a woman.
3: Wait, are you so, saying all brown people look alike? Because I take offense to no, of that. No. No.
0: <laughs> God. Yeah. Let's, let's send your hate mail too. <laughs> no. Anyway. Uh, um, But yeah, I think that pretty well covers this season, Uh, unless anybody else has anything that they're just burning to talk about.
3: Okay, I was just going to say, I have one. I hated that the invasion aliens were not in their green robes. I hated, Mm. I'm tired of aliens, like, whenever we need a new alien, they're just all, like, what the hell? Put some clothes on, (laughs) especially when the invasion aliens have those cool freaking green robes, man. Make them look like Mars Attacks. I don't care. Give me the damn green robes. Yeah, okay.
1: No, I just kind of resist making the, um, Mar, uh, yeah, Mars, uh, alien noise. Ack, ack, ack,
3: ack, uh, 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 Yeah,
1: I, I like that you avoided talking about the musical episode. <laughs> <laughs> well, since you've brought it up. <laughs> I remember reading your post. You did not hate yeah. it as much as you thought you would, alright?
0: <laughs> I, um, yeah, the musical episode. Here's the thing. There were well, there's lots of musical episode. First off, there wasn't a whole lot of music. Second off, it felt like a trapped in the holodeck episode from Star Trek: The Next Generation. I really felt like Music Meister as just a guy who made sing would have been far more interesting than uh, Music Meister the uh, the the cheap rip off Mixie Spitlick that we got. Uh, especially since we just had Mixie Spitlick like the week before in Supergirl, and I, I don't know. I just uh, that and, and and the other thing that I had a problem with was that episode was designed just to undo the fake drama that they had ramped up the week before with Barry and Iris splitting up. And it was like, when you know that the writer doing this just so that they can have this other episode to fix everything, it feels so forced that it just annoyed me that they did it. So, yeah, I, I, I was not a big fan of the musical episode. <laughs> I felt like it was a wasted opportunity, you know, and 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 to be fair, you know, once upon a time did a musical episode this season, and okay. I actually liked it. So it's not just
1: that I hate musicals, people. But it but is an uphill episode, battle for you. It is an uphill battle. I didn't know once upon a time did a music episode this season, <laughs> yeah, but yeah, I kept they, watching yeah, they, for the season, so.
0: <laughs> yeah there was a musical episode of once upon a time uh that was actually like a real musical and people were singing quite a bit rather than just three songs oh, nice. uh, like in the flash but anyway <laughs> and all between the singing in the flash were boring because it was the 1940s and they were trapped in the holodeck <laughs> <All> right, anyway <laughs> but victor garber can sing I have to give it up for the man. Batman can sing really well.
2: well they could. All- that was the
0: entire reason we had the musical episode. Just eh, I didn't care about the other ones. Victor Garber was great. I <laughs> Honestly,
2: I got to be.
3: Uh, I'll, I'll come down a little bit with Nathan on this one. I felt that the musical episode, while it was fun, the original numbers were cool. Honestly, I feel like I feel like they should have done what Joss Whedon did with Once More a Feeling. They should have gone away for like a year and planned this thing out and gotten some sincere. Mm-hmm musical yeah. geniuses to back this thing up it felt like oh well people keep asking for it let's throw together a musical real quick and it, it felt it wasn't as robust as it needed to be um, and they're gonna unfortunate
2: yeah and they're gonna force in Barrowman and Gerber right yeah. it was
0: cute like when they're singing I'm your super friend or whatever oh that was but that was a really short number yeah it was a really short number kind of in the middle and you know it's I don't know I felt like something that really got to the heart of the characters and, you know, that we're actually singing about things that mattered rather than just we're in this weird fantasy world. So we're going to sing, you know, because that's part of the world. Um, Even though I would say better.
3: that was my favorite number because of the <laughs> fact that, again, both Supergirl and Flash are intrinsically happy Hopeful characters, and they were not talking about how sh- crappy their life was. They were about, "Wow, I like you better than your superpowered cousin." And Supergirl's like, "Thank you!" Like that right there made it all because seriously, she's always going to be second fiddle to Superman in that world because he's Superman, you know. And it's like mm. the fact that Flash goes, "I like you better than her," than, better than him. It's such a great little moment, you know. Yeah, that- and, it, and it was it was sincere. Mm. It was just a sincere moment.
2: That, that right there is my biggest problem with the episode. I, the fact that, yet yeah, notwithstanding that, Barry is generally a positive character at that point in the story arc, at that point in the season, is not a high point. So I think the musical would have worked better maybe as the mid-season, towards mid-season finale, or somewhere around then. But it just it didn't work. It felt out of place right then and there for me. It just does It feels. It felt like we didn't need it. It was a waste of time to to do this. It's, it's, it was fan service at best.
0: Yeah, it was just their way of justifying artificially ramping up the dorama hand and making everything so gritty and awful and just like, well we know this musical coming and that's going to fix everything and <sighs> and that's not the reason to have a musical. No, it's not. I mean it's not. Now. So anyway. <laughs> I mean and, and I mean
3: that's I think the brilliance and, and also the fallacy of Once More With Feeling v- that, that show was so organically able to weave together all these great moments And it did it because the plot needed this particular story to happen at this particular moment, you know, Buffy basically revealing, oh, you didn't tell, you dragged me from heaven, and all these other little things that were kind of going on, it totally worked, and it accentuated what was going on, and it helped the story, whereas this one is, hey, we're going to get really dark, and we need an an up-tempo number here, and it, it just... It, it, you know what it felt like it felt like instead of a writer creating an interesting and well thought out dynamic and diverse story it felt like somebody who was painting by numbers mm-hmm. and they said oh yeah. we've done a lot of dark here let's put a couple brights set and that affects tone that affects presentation and again i enjoyed the episode for what it was i enjoyed the numbers i, I was yeah. actually pretty positive on it I- as far as it goes but Overall, I feel like it could have been better, which is basically like my entire review for Flash. It could have been
1: better. <laughs> right. Am I the only one that wants Superman in on the crossover next year?
2: Eh,
0: I- yeah, I think that's a bit much. I- I'm fine with it being car, But this time, when Kara comes over, she needs to bring Martian Manhunter with her. because well, she did have the music know, I- episode. <laughs> i i know but i'm just saying but yeah he wasn't part of the major oh, yeah, yeah. and i was so annoyed because <laughs> it's like you're gonna fight aliens maybe you should bring jean with you yeah I, I i
3: like our atypical <laughs> justice league but i've always been a fan of the justice league when like the big trinity isn't in it you know um mm-hmm. i was my favorite version of the justice league uh, uh as i've talked about before it is the justice league that is typically t- Noticed the Justice League International. So you got Guy you got Fire, you got Ice, you got Blue Beetle, you got you got Booster Gold, you got Maxima, you got Bloodwin, aka Martian Manhunter. You know, you got all the atypicals. You don't have your standard roster, and that's basically what the DCW is. You got Supergirl, you got Arrow, you got whoever's on Team Arrow, you got Flash. You know, you got the legends. And I mean, I admit when Invasion happened and we finally got all of them in the same place, I fan squeed. It was. It was a happy place because yeah. it felt like an earned moment.
0: Not movie. just the same place, the Hall of Justice. No. Yeah,
3: so good! I, I was <laughs> I was so excited about that because yeah. it, it's not like the Justice League movie where okay, we're going to make the Justice League now. It was oh, check this out. This is all these characters that you've been following now for upwards of three years, and they're all in the same place, mm, yeah. and they're now a mm-hmm. team, even though it's only going to be for an episode. This is your Justice
2: League, and it was such a cool move. It, It was literally the bottom-up approach. It's why to jump universes it's why they've worked and and the mm-hmm. problems that justice league is going to have because we're introduced to so many characters without really being invested in them beyond mm-hmm. our familiarity with the comics so yeah three years to build up to that paid off so much but i have to say to go back to something you mentioned guy gardner and i swear to god if we ever got him in any capacity they would have me forever
1: For <laughs> and, uh... oh, oh
2: yeah like i mean i'm sorry go ahead Aaron. i'll try that after you. Yeah, well...
1: Supposedly, they're still working on the uh, blue and gold movie, and that's why we haven't seen Ted or Booster. It was confirmed ages ago at this point that Ray Palmer was originally supposed to be Ted Cord.
3: Yeah, I heard that. Mm-hmm. Which yeah. would have been
1: fun, but I mean, I kind of see, I kind of see um, Routh. um I can, I see him more as Ray than Ted. Yeah, I
3: can I, see
1: I, that. I've actually seen the wrestler uh, Cody Rhodes more as a a Ted Cord than anything, but that didn't happen. <laughs>
3: Yeah, but I mean, that that's, you know, something that if it does happen down the line, it'd be really cool to see, you know, but any version of the Justice League that I got, that was just going to be the, the the boring humdrum. I mean, and again, don't get me wrong, I love the Justice League, but yeah, we always have Green Lantern, we always have Aquaman, Superman, Batman, Wonder Woman, Flash, you know, those are like normally your core six, normally Cyborg's in there now. Give Justice League, and I'm happy, because those were the guys that I grew up with, because... At that time, it was considered too gauche to put them all on the same team. So they're all doing their own things, and here are the, the second stringers. And Natalie,
1: Mor- Natalie Morales showed up as, as fired with her weird name on a on the canceled um, show that it can't even, Powerless. She showed up on Powerless, fired it.
3: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, so I'm okay with all of that. I, I'm okay with the Justice League that we have because I love the fact that the CW's uh, uh, Arrowverse, or as I like to call it the DCW, has always kind of been the second cousin to the universe of the cinematic world. And I love the fact that I think if you ask on me D-Fan, they will land, barring Wonder Woman, firmly with the DCW versus the DCCU. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think that's because they've done a really great job developing those characters. And I just, I, I like to see this validation that one day my Justice League can actually show up with, like, Rocket Red and all those oh. just Anyways. <laughs> like, Rocket Red, why don't we have yeah. that guy in a show already? Like, bring him in. <laughs> Like, have a give it time. Have a <laughs> well, Russian Adam, basically at this point. We,
0: we have Black Lightning getting his own show. Oh, I so, can. It's
1: only a matter of time. It's gonna get their own show. Yeah, it, look, so it looks okay. like Shaft with superpowers, which is amazing. <laughs> right, I,
0: I am really stoked from what I see of Black Lightning, but that. Yeah. That's not what this podcast is about. No, no. So, sorry. Um, we we, we, I'm sorry. Things. I tangented.
3: I'm sorry. I, I apologize. We were talking about <laughs> things I love, and, I, and it, I thought Invasion was a lot of fun. And it's just like Ryan said; it was all about building, you know, from from the from the bottom up. And we we finally got a chance to see these characters together and pay off some fan service. And I loved every guy I was ecstatic, and it made me completely forgive the fact that Supergirl was an afterthought, and that Arrow basically had aliens in there for two seconds, so that way they could then do a 100th episode celebrating (laughs) blah, blah, Um, (laughs) BBS. You know what I'm saying, guys? You know I mean? It's like, basically that crossover was
0: Yeah, I I would love Arrow number 100 because I like it was a great anniversary episode. It was a horrible part of this cross. Yeah, terrible.
3: All you really need is Flash and Legends of Tomorrow, and that's all you need. And and not to sound like a a, a curmudgeon, as far as I'm concerned, when you're looking at all these great characters, because Supergirl has been shunted into her own universe, that's all you really need. If Arrow just kind of goes the way of the Dodo at this point, I'm okay with that. Um, (laughs) Because we, we just need Flash and Legends. Well, we need good Flash. If we get Emo flasher in this mm. season, I might have to reconsider my sting. <sighs> yeah, I mean, Arrow's certainly at a
0: point now that if they take it out and put another show in its place, it's perfectly fine. Yeah. But I actually like where they went with Arrow this season, so I'm fine with the season six.
1: Stephen Amell himself are in Deathstroke for season six, so yay! All That'd right,
0: cool. excellent.
1: Yep. Yep, yep. I'm so happy about that, because they're doing that whole cool redemption arc from what they tease, so I'm very happy.
0: Yeah. All right, well, I think it's time to wrap things up. As everyone's shout-outs, why don't you give uh, just a few sentences, I mean, no more than three, about things that you want to see happen next season in The Flash. So, Ryan, why don't you say goodbye, let them know where they can find you, and give your uh, shout-outs for next season.
2: Hasta la vista, for the time being, although I never really say goodbye. I would, truthfully, we've talked about everything that I kind of want to see. I wouldn't mind losing julian i actually kind of want more uh brand i did like uh her dr brand mm. other than that you can find me on the twitters at geek stranger and you know geekstranger.com which I happened to link another podcast today uh the Snowpiercer episode so there you go nathan and uh yeah i'll be getting a spider-man review up there as soon as i find time and otherwise i'll be here for a flash next season i'm not going anywhere um i stuck through arrows so I'm willing to give Flash this. Mm-hmm. All right. And Eric, why don't you say goodbye,
0: let people know where they can find you, and give a few things that you want to see next season on The Flash?
1: As usual, you can always find me on the internet very easily. Just find me on the Eric Ratcliffe, and you can find literally everything else I do pretty much through there. But, um, yeah. So, first, Pied Piper, because I want him back. Second, hmm. for Alan, just for the heck of it, because I think it would be fun to add him into the into the dynamic especially if we're gonna have wally around for for you know basically being the lead flash i feel like giving him someone to play off of and have to be the mentor would be a lot of fun especially to someone as crazy as bart when he first shows up in in the comics everybody knows how crazy bart acted and then third captain cold finding his way out of death somehow and, <laughs> it's an interesting Ugh. In a fun way.
2: <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> it's, it's worth it just to hear Ryan
0: groan over there. So. <laughs> All right. And Sean, why don't you say goodbye and let people know where they can find you and just say a few things you want to see next season. Sweet.
3: Well, thanks for having me on, guys. Uh, goodbye, Internet. Glad to have been here. As far as online, you can pretty much Google me um, and find my uh, podcast podcast seancastick.com uh, or you can find me like on instagram and twitter at numaz that's p-n-e-u-m-a-z and uh, you can find me all through that as far as things i'd like to see for flash season four i want to see a true rogues gallery finally get together i want to see those people go after uh the flash and i want that to be the driving goal of that season and while that's happening i want the flash to like his job i don't ask for a lot around here basically give me a happy flash give me a lot of bad guys and uh let's have some fun season four let's get back to the fun all
0: right excellent yeah for from my point of view, I want to see Team Flash truly be a team of speedsters and I also would love to have Ryan's idea of Savitar actually being something that still exists out there that the bear remnant just took the name from, and then we actually get Max Mercury. But I don't want to actually see the new Savitar next season. I just want to hear hints of his existence. Maybe have Max Mercury in an episode or two and build it up for something the following season or maybe two seasons down the road so that we can really have some hype around the true God of Speed. So that's what I would like to see. Guys, thank you for being on this episode. It was great having you, and hopefully I'll have you back again sometime soon. And that wraps up another episode of the 42Cast. We hope that you liked it as much as we enjoyed making it for you. And you can let us know if that's the case through a variety of methods. One way is by emailing us at everything at 42Cast.com. You can also tweet to us at, at 42Cast. You can drop us a line on Facebook at www.facebook.com slash 42cast. You can also go to our website at 42cast.com and leave us a comment on any of our episodes, or you can leave us feedback on Stitcher Radio or iTunes. I also want to make sure that everyone is aware of the 42 Cast uh, paraphernalia on the T Public website. Uh, that's listed under all of the ESO network merchandise. You can get T-shirts, hoodies, sweaters, uh, tote bags, mugs, pillows, all kinds of stuff with the 42 Cast logo on it. So check that out uh buy whatever uh you want to buy with the 42 cast logo it's free advertising for us which i enjoy but you also uh through your funds you contribute to running the eso network and which is a help for all of the programs that you enjoy so much on the network but now it's time to wrap things up join us back next time when sean pertwee will not be joining us until then this is nathan signing off You've been listening to the 42Cast, copyright 2017. Got a question for the ultimate answer? Contact us at everything at 42Cast.com. Theme music is Sharper Swords by Brandon Ellis. Check out more of his work at www.cityfires.com. Incidental music is provided with permission by Fur D K.